Hello and welcome to episode 223 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm adjusting to my new life of actually working in the game industry. Yeah, Angel, that's your actual legal name. Tell us, or well, legal middle name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell tell us about that. Before we go any further, before we tell you what this episode is about, before we point out that Kevin isn't here with us today, Kevin isn't here with us today, I guess after we point that yeah. out, um, yeah, you are now in the industry, officially. Yeah. So, yeah last, uh, yeah, last week I started working at Santa Monica Studios, one of my favorite video game studios, as you guys know, because there was a period where I think I mentioned God of War every, every episode, episode until it got replaced with Resident Evil. Every episode. But, yeah, it's nuts. Having worked at, um, like, you know, the education industry. I, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> the education I industry. Everything is an industry. I mean, it yeah. is. It is, it is. I mean, the education and, field. And, and Having been, been in the education field. And it kind of sucks because sometimes it does feel like, you know, the districts and the state see it more as a business. It's something that benefits the kids, but that's a whole other topic. Um, Let's get real deep. This is random, Nintendo. So what is it about the bureaucracy surrounding the public education system that really grinds your gears, former teacher? Well, you know, teacher? because they really stress the test results and just want everyone to improve, and they don't really give us the time to help actually handle the kids that need way more time, you know, to get to where the other kids are. So, Sometimes they can't even get there, but they feel like, nope, just change what you're doing. Like, well... No, you can't really do that. So to draw an analogy for our video game listeners at home, what you're saying is... It should be an open world game, an open world experience, but instead it's a very linear path with very specific scores you have to hit Not in so order much to proceed to the next level. Game, but an adaptive game, a game mm. that literally, like, you know, scaling to... difficulties. Exactly. Ah, yeah. Now and you're talking in terms. It is I interesting understand. because in recent years they have introduced like scaled standardized tests, depending on how you answer a few questions. It oh, will really? Actually scale the difficulty of the test. But my first thought was, I like, wait a minute, then. How can you, so like say a kid like gets like, let's say the first question wrong and he gets like a scaled down test yeah. and he gets the rest of them right, is his like, let's say 99% going to be the same as like someone else that got all of them right up to that point and then the last question wrong? Because you know, they hmm. have like a Yeah, like test. where, how's it, how does it, it has to scale non-linearly. Li- yeah, yeah, so it, it just kind of, it, it introduces more factors that I don't think they really realize. But anyway, so, <laughs> but yeah, after a long time, you know, of trying to get into the industry, whether it was animation, well, I guess film, television, yeah. or video games. At some point, I just decided to double down on video games and got my foot in the door as a QA analyst. And at yeah, Santa Monica. Yep. I already said it. I know, but I'm just like I was just gonna say for emphasis at one of the biggest game yeah, companies the fact in the that world. I started the fact that I'm starting at a AAA studio. This it's mind blowing to me. And You're literally wearing their shirt right now. I know it says God of War Dev Team. It's it's, it's awesome. like like. Yeah, and, and also I couldn't. I don't know. I, every day I walk into work right now. I mean, and I don't know if this feeling will eventually, you know, become more normal. But it does feel like mind blowing every day. Like a mind blowing. It feels like a dream job. It feels like wow, I'm actually at like first of all, I'm like at this studio that I love. Like whoa, I get to play Smash Brothers or random games at lunch with coworkers. Excuse me, you're at a, at a Sony studio. I believe you're playing PlayStation Battle All Stars. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, you know, and you get to work with a bunch of, like, really awesome coworkers that are extremely friendly. There's, like, departments near you that, like, you know, like, you have your animators, your combat analysts. Like, it's it's awesome. Everything is, you know, everything's great. I couldn't right. ask for something better. And, oh, my God, the food amenities. I definitely have to watch my weight. But... You got to get the freshman 15 or the equivalent. 
Oh man, I had like the freshman negative fifteen of anything because I lost a lot of. No, but I mean like now. Oh, maybe, but point is, QA is really fun. Definitely enjoying my time with it, and just definitely want to learn more. Um, will I end up in QA as I learn more about it? I don't know, but you know, my sights are still set on animation. We'll see whether that happens. But the game industry is interesting and interesting and always evolving, and and we'll see where that goes. And to that point. It's evolving in a lot of different ways, which we talked about this episode. But more to more of the point, though, congratulations, first of all. Thank you. And second, um, it works out that you're at a Sony studio because then you can keep talking about Nintendo right here on the Rand Nintendo podcast, which episode number 223 is what we're up to right now. Uh, we're, but what I was saying, but in, in all seriousness, like, this, it is your comment about games are always evolving is kind of true because, like, uh, it really is because we're talking about basically three buckets in this episode. We're calling, first of all, we're calling this episode The Fast and the Furriest. Which, if Kevin was here, he'd groan. But then I'd be, no, you don't understand. Angel came up with that title, not me. And then Kevin would go, oh, well, then it's awesome. So that's probably, just pretend that happened. Alternate title, bucket list. Oh, that's a good one. Alternate alternate title, meow. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, and as, as you can guess from all these references, yeah, if we... If you watch the Sonic movie, they'll all be... You're, you're chuckling heartily if you watch the Sonic movie. Um, but, yeah, we'll be talking about our takes on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which we have seen in various configurations of the two of us in normal movie format and in 4DX, which feels like 1D and 1X more than <laughs> necessary. Um, but we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the Dragon Quest Netflix movie, uh, Dragon Quest Your Story, um, as well as discussing like if these movies, along with Detective Pikachu, are perhaps helping us finally turn the corner on the quality of video game movies. Like, Are we finally past the like they're just cash-ins phase? And to your point about things always evolving, it kind of feels like we are. So we're going to be looking into that. Superhero movies figured it out. Let's see if video games do it too. Exactly. Yeah. So we talk about that. And then in like our part two, like this is kind of like the Animal Crossing Direct where it was divided into three distinct parts because we had part one, which is movies. Part two is the Animal Crossing Direct and some other game news, uh, including new titles from Platinum Games and Harmonix. Uh, and then part three, after all that positive news and cool stuff coming down the pipe, we're going to talk about how we're all going to hell and we're all going to die from coronavirus and how actually, in all seriousness, it has had an impact on gaming in a lot of negative ways. But also, from a business perspective, there's maybe a silver lining for some of these companies. So we'll be talking a little bit about that. Um, plus, of course, what we're playing, which I guess is the epilogue or part four, uh, which, whatever you want to call it, where um, I'm going to be talking about... Like, I've started diving into the world of like so-called walking simulators with... Uh, what remains of Edith Finch played it on Switch and really enjoyed it, so I have impressions of that. Plus, I think Angel, with your newfound PlayStation connections, you you wanted to check out Dreams, right? Or were you saving that? I think you. Oh, uh, I want to. I definitely want to bring it up. And so we'll touch on it at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and and yes, so the copy a copy provided by Sony, Sony by your employer. <laughs> Yep. Which is still wild to say. Any opinions of the game and anything you say are yours I mean, and yours alone on the Rental Podcast. I think you legally have to disclose that, right? Um, yeah, I have to have it somewhere in the bio. Uh, well, I said it out loud for you, so you're covered this episode. Thank you. Um, yeah, definitely one of the perks is getting a bunch of... I think any like Sony first-party release like we'll most likely get a copy of. But The company I work at owns WebMD, and they have never once given me a free shot. So I don't think. I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, I love Media Molecule, so even if they hadn't, I was planning on getting this game. Right. And to my surprise, it was like a thirty. It's a thirty nine ninety nine game. You wouldn't know because Sony's not marketing the thing at all. Even weirder. It's yeah. weird. Sony's so weird lately in terms of marketing. If you're allowed to comment on that, I don't know. But anyway, you could get timestamps for all the topics of this episode at ramtown.com uh, for the 
in the blog post for this episode, which is episode 223. I saved you from having to answer that. <laughs> oh, no. So even if I did, no, I wouldn't. Right. But to be yeah. safe, I shouldn't. Yeah, no. Because I still wouldn't. <laughs> I no. feel like I'm in a Dr. Seuss book. I don't know what's happening right now. But anyway, if I shouldn't, I wouldn't. But if I could, I would. Yeah, I would if I shouldn't. Blue fish, one fish, two so fish. But, uh, I'd be giving wrong info. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, they purposely feed you false information to see if you leak it on a Nintendo podcast. Listen to only a handful. Molecule of isn't exactly one of their smaller developers. Uh, my theory is I mean, they don't know planet. how to market it, and they are doing some sort of crazy upheaval right now in preparation for PS Five. Honestly, that seems like it seems like it's it could be like a. Purposes. I was about to say because you did the Minecraft EDU stuff. You talked about it on the show when you were still in education, nuts, which we'll get into later. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's just go. Let's let's go part by part. So part one was video game movies. So why don't we start there? with video game movies um and to preface this as we talk about sonic the hedgehog there will be some minor spoilers here uh we're not going to discuss every single plot point are they minor point. because the spoilers don't really make that big a difference in the movie or minor because you know, you're not spoiling the that, biggest part of the movie uh, oh you mean when uh when amy shows up she doesn't don't worry um but no i i don't know what i mean by that i just don't <laughs> want to say we're gonna i'm basically saying Why we're not say spoilers because I, I don't know. What is a spoiler? You're right. You're right. What could be minor to someone might be major, major to someone. someone else. All right, listen, guys. Honestly, yeah, spoiler would, alert. Yeah. We should have called this episode spoiler alert or to the spoils go or all the spoils go to or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, if you're rather going blind about Sonic and you haven't seen it after two weeks, uh, skip ahead to yeah. the next topic where I mean, it will also be spoiled because it's the Dragon Quest movie. So skip ahead to the next topic, which is the Animal Crossing Direct. And if you're on a blackout on that, well, sorry, skip ahead to the next topic. Oh, you don't want to know about Project GG? Okay, skip to the next one. Like, we could do this all day. I but. mean, I'll say if you're listening to any of these podcasts, you're probably already well aware of what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think so. But anyway, so yeah, let's talk about Sonic. What did you, Mr. Animator, who's now in the world of things that are animated on playstation what do i uh, what as did you an animator think? think of this mainly live action movie yes please <laughs> please do tell me no but what do you think of the movie as a whole like um, what's your take on it i really enjoyed it i mean i think a lot of that has to do with because it was sonic the hedgehog right um i mean i'm able to i mean i've watched it twice um once in normal and once in 40 yes you're the one that's had the extra d and the x which definitely sounds like some innuendo, um, but it's I just honest. I ate some um, onion rings. I actually gave them an honest college try for the first time. I mean, I've had them before, but it was, I don't know. We should preface this. He had onion rings because we went to Alamo Draft House to see it in normal dimension, not in 4DX. Yeah. And uh, they had a special Sonic menu, and he got yeah, the dog and onion yeah, rings. Sure. And I got the... If you love, I love puns, as everyone knows. I got the sin, the sin, the gin, gin and Sonic. I got that too. You did. That's right. Yeah. It was a gin and tonic, but it was blue for Sonic, and the blue was due to Kurokawa or however you pronounce that stuff that made it way too sweet. It was like a liquid Jolly Rancher. But anyway, back to your impressions of the movie. <laughs> I mean, as a movie itself, I mean, the plot was very. I guess we'll call it there. Very there. Yeah. It, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it existed. Every, everything was functional. It, it did what it needed to do to progress the plot. Yeah. Which honestly, like, it's all you need from a Sonic movie. I don't think anyone was expecting, like, the Godfather leveled, or I don't know, like, you know, to like find like the meaning of life, or you know, like something that will redefine cinema. I mean, I, I was and, expecting. And Blue if you Casablanca. are, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you're yeah. definitely looking in the wrong places. I mean. Have you seen Sonic's video game track record? Like, is this what you're going to expect from his first movie, let alone a live action one? Maybe someone really and likes that the... one scene in Sonic 2006 where he makes out with the human and is expecting the notebook, but with Sonic. Okay, people keep saying that saying. he makes out with the with the human. He does not. He's, like, unconscious, and the 
princess like kisses him to wake him up listen but yeah a human's lips touched a headshot an anthropomorphic hedgehog's lips yeah and it kicked off a whole furry should movement. it have happened <laughs> no but no but yeah i mean this movie i it did what it needed to do it could have been a lot worse yeah. and i think and very rightly so everyone's expectations were i mean outside of the the much better redesign oh yeah, yeah i feel like everyone's expectations were so low that you know because it was debatably like a mediocre movie everyone's like oh my god this thing was amazing because it didn't suck but isn't it, did, it funny but it how did, like saying a bar does that but it did a lot of things right like a lot of nods a lot of things like were really well appreciate even like how sonic saves the day was even like oh wow they it's basically what he does to beat robotnik every time and I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think for all those like small details and stuff, I mean, a lot of fans like rightfully so should should have liked it. It was a it was a great movie. I think it was a great Sonic movie. To to jump on that, I thought yeah, I thought a lot of the fan service was really good because I felt like there were two levels to it, which is kind of what Detective Pikachu did too. But there's like there's the outright in your face obvious ones. Look on the bandana, it's the emblem from the game. Look, he does a freeze frame when he's running of his Smash Bros pose. Look. He has another freeze frame of his other Smash Bro pose. Like, there's a lot of really obvious ones. Or, like, at one point, his bag spills. Or his bag of rings spills. And then it's like, oh, all his rings dropped when he got hurt. Like, they have those. Um, or, you know, like, Green Hills, Montana. By the way, my ho- old homestay in Montana. Big role in that movie. I was kind of like, that's cool. But, um, you know, even some stuff like uh, The Mushroom Zone, where they make all these jabs about how he hates the mushroom planet. Which I'm actually, initially, I was like, oh, that's a Mario Dig. Dig. But then by the end, you realize, no, it's actually Sonic 3's Mushroom Zone, like, straight up. But, um, yeah, I thought the fans were really good because they had another level beyond that. Like, this one wasn't subtle or anything, but my absolute favorite thing is when the crazy guy in town claims he keeps seeing the blue devil, and he draws a sketch, and he holds it up, and it's the Sonic meme from, you know, the internet. And, um, yeah, like, straight up. It's the same art. It's a great nod to, like, not just the games, but the fandom around the games. And that's what I thought was cool. They did a lot of stuff like that, where they were nodding to not just, like, hey, remember in the game you did this, but, like, the culture that's been built up around it. Right? Like, no, I, yeah. I thought that I was mean, really cool. Sonic in the 90s was, you know, attitude, trying to be cool, yeah. that kind of thing. But I feel like Sonic in the late 2010s or in the mid-2010s was when his humor I mean I feel like the Twitter redefined when the when the Twitter account the yeah Sonic, when they snarked it up a little yeah when that Twitter account first started I feel like that kind of redefined modern Sonic because even um, the really great and underappreciated Sonic Boom TV show not the mm-hmm. game right I forget the game existed <laughs> that show was I don't know it, it's definitely one of my favorite adaptations of Sonic like period and especially the way Eggman and everyone but I mean that game that show was very meta like it doesn't take it so seriously and yeah they also like really know the fans like they everything is just catered to them and I feel like yeah and I feel like they did the, a lot the of movie had kind of had the same energy yeah it has that same energy I mean there's parts where Sonic's doing so many wisecracks like one scene I thought was very well done was it's super like it's not like haha what a great scene it's just like oh that's clever is um the whole movie he's saying like dumb one-liners basically like Sonic-esque one-liners and at one point he's like saying them to someone and they're like hold on and they go into another room and they're starting to say another person like he doesn't shut up and in the background you just hear him continuing to nobody to make all these dumb one-liners and just like that's actually pretty funny but they do like some real fan service too because they have like uh, um, the at the beginning where he's being chased as baby Sonic and they have um, the 
Wow. The, the echidna? Yeah, thank you. I was about to say the echidnas, but that's not how you pronounce that word. The echidnas, and like they've confirmed that is an intentional reference. They were like, we can make them random baddies, but we might as well make it canon. Which then confuses me about the owl protector, because is there anything yeah, like Long that? Yeah, Longclaw, to my knowledge, wasn't a character before. But now is. I mean, maybe it's the wife of the great owl from The Legend of Zelda. Ooh, some, some Smash Bros. Maybe they're building a Smash but Bros. But cool it was cool seeing like, the echidna tribe. I forgot yeah. what they're proper name is but I mean that's what they are yeah or like like so that was cool like I did like but apparently that was like a change that they did later, later on. on because initially they were supposed to be like these alligator people but thing. there is an alligator person what's his name I'm blanking, blanking out he's in Sonic Heroes you know that no yeah you mean Vex Vex but they also yeah they ended because there was going to be like a secondary villain from the oh from yeah Sonic's world yeah. chasing him back in the real well, world well they also they got at one point at one point they also have Super Sonic in it and I feel like, like not to make a pun on like same energy, but like I feel like literally when they charged him up in the movie, it was everything except turning him yellow. Like to me, it basically was Super Sonic without the Chaos Emeralds. And on some level, they said they wanted to save it. There's an interview uh, the director Jane, uh, Jim James J. Fowler did on uh, comicbook.com, I think. But there's an interview he did where he was basically like, yeah, we were going to do Super Sonic. And then we're like, you know what? This is the first movie. The first game didn't have it. We'll wait. Do it in the second one. Yeah, I think of, I mean, but it had that vibe. Like it totally was a nod to Super. Like if you're a fan and you know Supersonic, like that is sort of Supersonic. That's like yeah. a weird movie form of Supersonic. And yeah, I made the movie feel simpler or like smaller yeah. in scope. But I, it's definitely necessary because now mm-hmm. like the foundation is set for like what seems like it's going to be an overhyped second movie. Yeah, but the bar is going to be too high, and, and then it's going to fall. Yeah, and and uh, I and you know for all the things they're saying, like oh they did this right, they did that right. I can't believe. They were in San Francisco. Robotnik has a semi-truck. Sonic is running away from him. And no one stopped to go, wait, Sonic Adventure 2 battle and have the scene where Sonic's outrunning the truck down the hill. Yeah. Like, And they could even set it to that music, which is like one of the probably most well-known Sonic songs. I mean, they shouldn't do that. It's a little too in your face. But they could do a music cue with the notes or something. But like looking back, how on earth did they not do a nod to that? Like that's kind of a weird oversight. Yeah. It's like so like right in their face, you know? But but yeah, to your point about um, like the you know the movie's plot was there. Yeah, I mean it it was. I feel like the thing about Sonic and Detective Pikachu is kind of the same way, but they masked it a bit better. Is Sonic is no like is unapologetically a movie for kids. Like it resonates if you're a fan, and it's fine. But it's definitely like some of the humor, some of the he's basically a hyperactive kid. Yeah, Sonic literally, and like you know they let Jim Carrey do his thing. But not like to the extent of like the super absurd of like Ace Ventura, which it never quite clicked with me as a kid. But I know you were a big fan of it as a kid. But it still is very much like a kid first movie. I feel like, right? Yeah, and I feel like yeah. people have to, you know, understand. I mean, Sonic was and still is for the most part like aimed at a younger demographic. Yeah. So if you're like in your forties and you're like, oh god, like this movie was so childish, I don't like it. Well, then because well, it was. Yeah, I mean. exactly. Because I feel like like somehow, and and maybe this is my bias showing, but I feel like with Detective Pikachu, because Pokemon's a little more universal now. Like all the people that grew up with it still play it. And Sonic, I don't know if that's as true. I could be wrong. I think a lot of people still do. Everyone it. still likes Sonic. Yeah, but, but I don't think it has quite the. Plot. Not everyone yeah. has still like been keeping up with the games. Only a few of them are like, oh yeah, last Sonic game I played was like Sonic Two or Sonic Three. Right. It's like for the most part, most people either or maybe with Sonic Adventure Two, but it feels like almost everyone fell off around, I guess, 
Symphonic 06 period. Right, right. Yeah, I told you that scene. Uh, no, but then, like, with Pokemon, it had the resurgence with Pokemon Go that kind of brought an older graphic. And you could tell in some of the jokes that, like, Pikachu would deliver, like, Ryan Reynolds would deliver, there was a bit more bite or edge than I feel like Sonic didn't have, which is weird because Sonic's the one with the attitude back in the day. But I'm not saying one's better or worse. I'm saying it, it, they're just in different lanes slightly. So you just need to go in kind of expecting that. But, I, like, I thought Ben Schwartz did a great job of Sonic. I mean, he's not the real Sonic voice, but, like, I, I, I'm a biased Ben Schwartz fan, I should say that. Like, John Ralph is my favorite character on Parks and Rec, and I don't know if you uh, have heard or seen his long-form live improv show he does with Thomas Milditch. From, I haven't. Uh, oh, well, let me tell you about it. No, but he does this long-form improv thing with uh, Thomas Milditch, the guy from Silicon Valley, and, like, he's really funny, Ben Schwartz. So, like, I thought, like, he was a great fit for, the, for it. But, yeah, it's, it's like, it, it's... It's good, but but that's the thing is like it's good, which you can't usually say about video game movies. Like yeah. I feel like Detective Pikachu. Personally, I prefer Detective Pikachu because I have my own personal affinity for Pokemon and nostalgia of growing up and wanting to see that world come alive so badly. And you know that makes me rate Detective Pikachu probably higher than Sonic. But like they both are this sort of cut from a new like cut from a different cloth than other video game movies before them. They're very much like the Iron Man pivot that happened with superhero movies or like the Dark Knight pivot where they went from a certain type of movie to a different type of movie you know what I mean mm. but um, I mean where, where, what would you rate higher of the two Sonic or Detective Pikachu Sonic I mean as much as I love Pokemon like just as movies that I watched mm-hmm. like the Pokemon were great but literally only the Pokemon and the designs were carrying the whole movie there were like, only 12 of them as well like, <laughs> like if you take away the Pokemon honestly the movie would have been almost not enjoyable like I would have probably rated it as a not like as an okay to I wouldn't really recommend it movie unless mm-hmm. you really like Pokemon mm-hmm. but because the designs were there and they did a good job with them it kind of elevated to like alright it's a it's an okay good movie I mean it's definitely one of the better video game movies but that bar isn't really that high right and Sonic I mean even though the plot plays it super safe I mean at least I was able to enjoy the plot right I, mean, there was, I can't really find any flaws with it because it did what it had a job and it did it right Pokemon was kind of convoluted know, it was convoluted extremely like I don't know like, it's funny because they're both from your and they both do some cliche stuff but it hurt it was it, I don't know it kind of was more painful to watch in Pokemon than it was I think because Sonic embraced the fact that as a road trip buddy movie like full I think stop Pokemon took and Pokemon to... tried to be like oh we're just like crazy like, like what t- if they're like supernatural like, yeah like it and, didn't like, take it so wow. seriously sometimes and sometimes yeah. it did and I mean the acting was like literally all over the place oh yeah yeah there were no there was, and there wasn't really the same star power attached to it I mean you had Ryan Reynolds but there's no one on screen that you would like recognize like a Jim Carrey type which which I mean, as, it, as, it, well, it's that not like they need it but, no it doesn't necessarily yeah. matter but like in terms of like like they wrote that role for Jim Carrey yeah. this one they just found people that could fill the role like it's not you know it's written differently is what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. but I mean I like and, and I mean I guess to the favor of um what's his name Cyclops um, James Marsden <laughs> sure um I mean he seems to already been typecast as a guy that hangs out with, with CG animals CG yeah animal. cause Peter Rabbit right um Hop. Right. Yeah, Peter Rabbit is a different movie. Hop is right. like the... How many e- CG rabbits are there? <laughs> Just two. But Hop... Well, that's one more than there should be. Hop is like an Easter bunny that doesn't want to be the Easter bunny, so he goes off and becomes a rock star, and he runs into James Marston, and you know they go off on adventure, and then James Marston becomes the new Easter bunny. Uh, yes. What? <laughs> but he's a human. 
Uh, they're, they're this whole thing He's about Westworld. There's like a chick, you know, like a little like baby. Oh, chick. like a baby bird. And they're like the elves of that universe. That I guess have to like paint all the eggs. I guess that's how they work them in. And then there's like a chick that wants to like break out of that role and be like, hey, I already know how the factories run. Maybe I should be in charge of it because the son bunny doesn't want to take over the company from the family. But then the father bunny's like, no, you can't do it because you're not a rabbit. It has to be a rabbit. And I guess that chick ends up becoming evil. And I guess the dad gets over his preconceptions that, okay, I guess it doesn't have to be a rabbit. And so he becomes the first non-rabbit Easter bunny. So, so what's crazy is when they first revealed Sonic the first time, Sonic looked like it'd be the worst of the two movies he was alongside a CG animal in somehow. Yeah. I didn't think that was possible based on that description, but Sonic, the first trailer gave the impression that'd be the case. That's wild. That's an insane plot. I don't even, I don't, <laughs> okay. Um, wow. I guess they really thought they had something with the Easter demographic. Like, there are is not, there I mean, an I mean, Easter demographic that's not just like, maybe they're like, into you know, Jesus you know, we need to capitalize Easter movies because Christmas movies are hot. Halloween movies work sometimes. Let's try Easter. Yeah. Untapped market. That's it. There's a reason, apparently. But uh, I do have to ask. So, how is it in 4DX, and what made it 4DX, and what's that extra D all about? I mean, 4DX is basically you're getting the seats from Universal Studios. Okay. So you know, like force feedback. They have a very wide range of movement, way more than you would expect for a theater. Yeah. Because I don't really know what your expectations are for what moving seats in a theater would be but they move way more than you would my think. expectation is they don't move <laughs> they have fog they throw water at you the lightning like they have like extra lights on the side to like really hit home that you know there's electricity going on they have like you know force feedback on the back of the chair they have speakers in the seat so that you know gunshots and that kind of stuff like sound extra loud and I mean the running scenes and anytime there was action like I don't know it it definitely immerses you more into it I will say that. It definitely helps with the immersion. It's not like necessary, but it's fun. Right. It really makes just it fun. A, a theme park ride instead yeah, of just a movie. Because, you know, like going to the movies, I mean, it has lost a lot of its luster over the years. I mean, it's just on a bigger screen. And honestly, like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm, we're getting older. Or maybe I like going myself. to the movies. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I, I'm okay with go, like, watching certain movies, but. I don't know. There was a period where I would like, oh, I have to, like, I just wanted to go to the movie just to simply go to the movie. Then I wouldn't really care what I would watch. Oh, I'm not so much like that. Now, I'm even like, for some movies that I'm like semi-interested in, I wouldn't mind just waiting and watching it at home from the comfort of my house. See, I like going to the movie. I like leaving my home to go do things. I don't know. Like, I like, I I really like going to movies because it's the popcorn and and you're in a weird chair. You uh, don't know what's happening in that chair before you. I could care less about that unless, like, it would yeah, like I said, it would have to be for a movie I really want to watch. Like, yeah, some, I'm definitely the opposite. Like something I would have like an unfinished obligation to watch. Like maybe like a Pixar movie, or you know, I'd probably do that for the Monster Hunter movie when that eventually comes out. I just like event but, events. I like turning it into an event. But, it's not just like I'm gonna go see Sonic. It's like oh, I'm go. It's not like I'm watching Sonic. I'm going to see Sonic, and it's like oh, there's a overly sweet drink here and I got my popcorn and the movie's like on a huge thing in front of me instead of just a TV in front of me. And I, mean, like, I don't know. It's, that being I just said, like making events out there. I mean, that being said, that's why the majority of the times I've gone to the movies lately has been either a 3D screening or a 4DX screening just because it makes them, you know, more unique. Right, right. 
and yeah, the more premium type of movie going experience is what has to happen to keep them afloat. Because a lot of people, Which the majority of people, are like you and not me these days, and prefer watching at home and just watching whenever. While I'm very much still like, yeah, I like turning things. I mean, anyone that's listened knows I like events. I like the spectacle. I like like ether. I like going and just being in the thing. So yeah, yeah, you make me sick. I know. Um, but you know, thanks to 4DX, in part, Sonic had a pretty good opening weekend. Uh, actually, we're comparing to Detective Pikachu. It beat Detective Pikachu in its opening weekend. It is now the best opening for a video game movie ever. $57 million in its first weekend versus Pikachu's $54 million. Yeah, uh, so. It ended up being the fourth best Presence Day weekend, so four-day weekend, that a movie's ever had. $70 million in four days. And has now made over $200 million worldwide. So um, it helps that it was a good movie by comparison to what people thought it would be. and has good word of mouth. But I think also like Jim Carrey gave it an edge over Detective Pikachu. I could say before because you have that star power attached. And I think a lot of credit – like we, you know, we talked about the movie itself. But a lot of credit – like I don't know if it's just me, but Paramount, they really marketed this thing like way heavier than I feel like Detective Pikachu has ever marketed. I mean the, it here's just a sample of what they did for Sonic versus Detective Pikachu. They had a Super Bowl pregame spot. They had a giant Times Square takeover. They got Wiz Khalifa, Lil Yachty, and Ty Dolla Sign to do a song for the movie, turned that song into a TikTok challenge, and then had, you know, because you know, that's where all the youths are, but then they had over 1.8 billion views of all the different videos using that song. Then they've got the Snapchat filters. Then they've got the Puma shoes. Then they've got the Jack in the Box mini taco campaign. And why they didn't do chili cheese dogs or team up with Sonic drive-ins who already sell chili cheese dogs, that's beyond me. But the point is huge marketing push and there's a nice big hole in the current movie release schedule to take advantage because uh take advantage of because it's not like kids were about to go see the R-rated Birds of Prey. This was basically the only game in town. Although funny enough, both Birds of Prey and Sonic feature the same um hang on, let's rewind this like voiceover narration and visual gag where they actually rewind a piece of the movie. So I thought I saw them two days apart. I don't know, but I don't know, but they did it literally two days apart. Like I watched them two days apart and I'm like, what? But um yeah. Point is the movie did great. But I'm kinda curious what your take is on um the fact that Sega did not like have a game of any sort to go along with this. Like, this is a Sonic, like, resurgence of sorts. Like, even with the movie's delay, they had three months, and there's still no new Sonic game. Like, Sonic's a big character, but this is a huge boost to the IP, and I'm surprised that the most they did was, like, put baby Sonic and Sonic Run on mobile, and um, I think they had a sale on the eShop for a few days. Like, it just seems like such a missed opportunity to make a Sonic game or release a Sonic game or time the release of a well, Sonic game. Well, they added Baby Mario to Sonic Run. Ba- uh, Baby Sonic. Yeah, I just said that. I know, yeah. but that, Baby that's Mario, like, that'd be a weird one. Baby, I don't know, yeah. yeah, but I mean that... But like, it just that, seems right? like, I don't know why they didn't just like, even if it's a game unrelated to the movie, they have a captive audience of kids that are very into Sonic right now and I guess they can, you can give them a game from two years ago. I mean, I get, in a way, like... Detect- They're releasing Sonic on Sonic Forces for free next month. On PSN, right? Yeah, PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Or PlayStation Plus. Um, right. Look at you shilling for your new employer. No, but I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. But I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, it's just weird to me. I mean, Sega's not the only one that made this mistake. I, do you remember when Detective Pikachu came out last year with no game anywhere near it? And then Nintendo decided months later to announce, oh, we'll port the 3DS one to Switch and we'll change the ending. And then like it just never came out. Like we're still weighing on it. They said 2020. Um, 
the iron's not hot anymore for Detective Pikachu. Like, no one's going to care. I mean, they were more coordinated with sticking Mewtwo raids in Sword and Shield in tandem with the release of Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution on Netflix the other day, and with announcing a weird mythical monkey Pokemon named Zarude, who I assume wrote Whoa, Sandstorm. calm down, Jason. I'm <laughs> sensing a lot of animosity toward that. Yeah, I'm just monkey. saying, they're better at doing that, but they can't get a Detective Pikachu game out within a year of the movie. Like, Unless they announce it in a surprise direct. Are you going to rewatch um, the Pokemon movie? We already watched it in Japanese last summer at Amex, but you can hear our impressions of it back in our episode. Are you going to rewatch it? I know you did, but I'm going to dodge it. No, probably not. I heard the dub's not great. Like, Brock sounds funky. There was a problem with our initial viewing. It was not in a language we knew? No, 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 no. That's fine. I think it was either too small or maybe... We were sitting pretty far back. We were pretty far back, and they were showing it on convention screens, yeah. Are you saying we should rewatch it after we record today? No. Okay. Maybe. No, no, no. We'll see what time it is. We'll see. We'll I like how, like, now everyone's just waiting on, like, <laughs> did they watch it? Did they not? We'll, we'll never know. But, um, yeah, so that, so I, I didn't mean to go off on Detective Pikachu's poor team like that, but, like, how do you not, or Sonic, how do you not have games for game characters at movies? Like, toy lines are always at the ready. How are games not? Dude, like I said, and like you said, Baby Sonic got it covered. That's all they needed. Is it? Because that's free to play. Well, I guess they can make money that way. All right. Baby for, Sonic. And only in, Baby Sonic we, in Baby Sonic, we trust. Fine. Um, I guess the real bigger question than where are the games is, uh, so what do you think, now that Sonic's out, with the Mario movie, can Nintendo and Illumination actually match it? Do you think... Mm. Do you think, like, I... It just seems more ripe to mess up, doesn't it? I know. Uh, there are too many things that I'm worried about. Now, for one, believe no, here it or comes not, the list. <laughs> one, unlike most people that see Miyamoto's involvement as a reason to be unconcerned, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Miyamoto doesn't have the same seal of quality he used to. Whoa. Whoa. Mr. Playston. No, I'm kidding. I mean, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just, it was a good line. I'm sorry. You're literally wearing a PlayStation shirt. I can't help myself. I'm not. I'm literally not. That's a, <laughs> that's a brand owned by them. You literally are. I'm literally not wearing a PlayStation shirt. It does not say PlayStation or anything. Actually, it's in the bottom right corner under the table. Don't ask how I can see it. That's just the logo. Yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> I already forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seal yeah, so, yeah his seal quality hasn't been there. I don't know what his involvement there is going to be outside of we probably just won't see any made-up characters. But who knows? Maybe they're going to be like, as a protagonist, it's going to be this brand-new character. Oh, so, so we have his point of view while we're following his adventure alongside, you know, Mario. They blah, better blah, not blah. do a fish out wire like, this kid fell through his toilet and he ended up through a warp pipe in the Mushroom Kingdom. Mario, he's a plumber. He's got to fix the whole situation right up. And here's Kevin Hart as Toad, which is, so, that that part has to happen. Yeah, a running gag, it has to happen. I don't know, I mean, and also like, so, too, so there's that. Um, I mean, obviously, I hope for the best, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, Illumination, at their best, yeah. they had Despicable Me. Yeah. And I guess the sequel was, was... I mean, I enjoyed the sequel, but outside of that, they're just aggressively average. Yeah. Like, their movies like are very forgettable. They make a ton of money, which is probably why they went with them, because they have one of the lower... They're, on average, their budget... Their, the budget for their movies are a little lower than 
Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar. Mm-hmm. Yet they make a ton of money. So they have a formula down. They know what's going to get people to watch their movies. I mean, how many of you remember Sing or watched Sing? Do you remember I, Sing? I more remember the Wii game. Or was it Wii U game called Sing that was in Europe that we never even or got? Or Life of Pets. or Well, Life, Life of, of Pets, Pets, I remember. Too, or... No, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. if, even if you watch them, like, the plots are very... I, I never saw it. I just know it exists. Yeah, they're, they're very by the books. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly can't remember their other flagship movies besides Undespicable Me. And the problem with being by the books in this case is while Sonic being by the books can be good because they're making a video game work as a movie, a movie that's working as a movie is just a boring movie. Yeah. It's not adapting. It's just like, oh, they couldn't come up with a clever idea opposed to, like, combining. Yeah, so elements. it's like their track record doesn't really leave me feeling like, oh, man, like, I don't know. They're yeah. going to really, like, pull out every stop. Or maybe that's a Miyamoto there to make sure. Also, they tend to – their stylization of characters is all over the place. Yeah. Sometimes they could look really cool, but other times I feel like especially the people are very hit or miss. They either like, look, like interesting character designs or they look kind of ugly. Like Gru. And – I know for a fact, and I'm not. Well, this is just in my head. My my bet is that they're not going to stay on model because I don't know. It just seems to be what's going to happen. Well, and everyone's going to be stylized. Mario's probably going to have like a very tubby stomach with like short, stocky legs. Everyone's going to just look weird, and I bet Bowser's going to look. I don't know. I'm probably going to hate how he looks, but everyone's just going to look maybe like I don't know. I'm guessing like very thin limbs and very big bodies. I mean, look at Gru. He's like, he's kind of like Eggman in body. You know, you know, honestly, like if they did an animated Sog movie, the Illumination style pretty much is it. Yeah, <laughs> like they just switch the teams. Honestly, like I feel like if I had to pick a studio, and since we all know, maybe like if Disney, ignoring Disney and Pixar, like I feel like DreamWorks would have probably been a good one because, like, yeah. I mean, when DreamWorks tries, they hit it out of the park. When they don't care and they're trying to be Illumination, another Illumination, they they do well too. Right. I mean, there's it's, they're just as forgettable as them. But I mean, they had yeah. Higher Junior Dragon. When they tried with Shrek, they had the first two Kung Fu Pandas. Right. I mean, you know, like I just don't mention the other one. <laughs> well, you know, but by the third, two out three is a different, I mean, a decent bang average. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Disney, the third movie yeah. is never. I mean, honestly, like even especially for Pixar, like Cars three, I thought was really good. I legitimately really enjoyed that film. Maybe as much as. I, I felt it almost like redeemed the series a little. I didn't watch part two. I don't plan on watching part two, and I don't think I will. Is that when they become spies in Japan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the first one was, it kind of felt like a Illumination movie, or it just felt like a cash grab, which I guess right. it was. It was, a, it was a merchandising move, yeah. But, you know, I mean, Toy Story 3 is great. Even Toy Story 4, I, I really love. I watch 4. I'm waiting for it to hit Disney+, because I missed it in theaters. Isn't it already there? Is it? I think it is. Oh, I know what I'm doing this weekend. But, That's um, not really weird. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. But, yeah. Um, studio yeah. I don't know everything about it I'm just kind of worried and then also I don't know I mean voice casting is just I really worry the, the, so here I so, mean Peach sure she, we all know how she sounds I mean it's that the same woman that does um, the girl from Left 4 Dead and I forget what else like yeah. it's the same voice actors even though they sound nothing like it's like interesting range but Mario's not Mario without Charles Martinet and if when we everyone knows they're gonna get like a celebrity voice actor to get Mario unless they do it the other way and they're just still gonna have Charles Martinet do Mario and they'll either take one or two routes they'll either have him just speak in his gibberish or just say Yahoo you know very short stuff which would be hilariously weird in a Mario movie yeah hilariously weird but also 
pretty great if they make it work. Wait, what if? And just have someone else talk. You know, like, I would love it if, like, Martin Luigi just spoke in gibberish, kind of like in, um, you Mario know, the Martin Luigi game. So, so that's what I say. What if? What if we're looking at this wrong? What if? Yeah, it's a Mario movie, but we're seeing, like, well, how you adopt a storyless movie, a story, storyless game like Mario into a Mario movie. That was literally something that when we went to the 20th anniversary screening of the well, yeah, original Mario movie. Now they have RPGs to pull from. That's what I'm about to say. What if what they're actually building is a movie adaptation of a Mario and Luigi game or a Paper Mario game? In the same way that Detective Pikachu was a side story of Pokemon, what if the Mario movie is a side story of a Mario game? And what if Mario, while in the movie, is not really like in the movie? The same way Detective Pikachu is, yeah, he's Pikachu. Oh, but like, like set in the Mario universe? It's set in the Mario universe. Like, they can also do, because, you know, I mean, I know I was making a joke. I hope they don't do a fish out of water in reverse. Where it's like, oh, I fell through my toilet, and now I'm in the Mushroom Kingdom. But, like, what if they did the flip on the, like, furry friend teams up with human in an unexpected place and have, like, you follow a Toad or a Goomba, and then Mario comes in at some point in the movie and becomes funny. a part of if it, but isn't toad... the central. I mean, honestly. How would be the assistant from Paper Mario? I forgot the character's name. The female Goomba. Her. Umbrella or something. I don't know. It's a movie. Get creative. <laughs> Honestly, like my hunch, just because I feel like they illumination is. I mean, you know, they do minions. So like, yeah, I feel like they saw Toad and just instantly saw marketability, and they're gonna be like, all right. So our main character is gonna be a Toad, voiced by gonna, Kevin Hart, which is our running thing. It's gonna be like their first day as like Peach's guard, and then. You know, you're going to follow. So he's like, you know, he's still green. He hasn't really seen, like, a lot of, like, action. And Bowser comes in, kidnaps Peach, and it's kind of his fault. And he's trying to make it right. And he has to, like, kind of go save her on her own while Mario's also doing it. And he kind of, you know, like... And they crisscross paths. Yeah, they crisscross paths a few times. But, you know, we're mainly following him. And then this Toad perhaps succeeds... And we find out at the end of the movie, it's an origin story for Captain Toad. Oh, dude, there we go. It's the origin story for Captain Toad. Like, that would be an OK Mario movie. Yeah. And they can do whatever they want with the voices and it won't be weird. And you know, one other thing that's reassuring is you're saying, you don't know if you necessarily trust me most part it. Well, here's an interesting tidbit. Nintendo is being so protective about this movie, they own the rights to the movie, not Universal, not Illumination. Interesting. So that means they're going to consider it part of their canon and their crop of properties, meaning Captain Toad origin story, which I'm really liking the sound of now that I'm saying it out loud a few times, Captain Toad origin story. No, but that like actually could work, and then they could feed it into a game directly and have it all be part of a connected universe, MCU style, across mediums. Yeah. Just saying, that actually could work. Honestly, Nintendo owning the rights or just having learned that um, kind of gives you some reassurance. Yeah, it gives me some reassurance. It gave it's the same reassurance that I felt when Nintendo, I found you know, out like t- they are really protective of their properties, especially you know after, after the trauma yeah. from which they're now recovering from. But yeah, and I think I think that's partly what also because I would love for them to try it with other properties. You know, maybe like an Zero movie or Ooh, well, they tried the that, anime, didn't really work. I mean, the show was fine, but no one watched it. They tried it with Kirby. That yeah, didn't but, last very long. I don't know. They could have gone a different direction with the anime. I mean, they did oh, what... the anime was... The bad. anime, I mean, they did what we kind of just suggested. Let's create a new character yeah. and follow his story as... Well, but he no, did... That no, character did wait, become the new up. Captain Falcon. And back up. But, I mean, I guess it was an origin Spoilers. Story. Back up. Oh, yeah. Captain Falcon Ours is isn't a, a new character. Ours isn't Only in the anime. Our, uh, our story isn't a new character. It's the Captain Toad origin story it is the Iron Man of the NCU that's true Captain Toad was already Captain Toad when we first meet him it's the Iron Man of the NCU how did he get the rank of Captain what did he do to achieve that that status 
That is what we'll find out in yeah, Captain Toad's movie in. set in the Mario universe and kicking off the NCU, which will eventually cross with the SCU, which is the Sonic Samac universe, in a Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games movie, which, as I was joking on Twitter with one of our uh, longtime listeners, Kurt, uh, was we were talking about how in the Sonic movie there's a scene where Dr. Robotnik is uh, – this is on Twitter – but is uh, skiing, and that might be a subtle reference to the broader – M and S C U, which is Mario. Oh, sorry, M and S A O G C U, Mario Sock at the Olympic Games Cinematic Universe. Because listen, if the Olympics are canceled due to coronavirus, which is a very real possibility, someone needs their Olympic well, fix. And what better way than in seven years I mean, from now it, with a movie? <laughs> I mean, again, if they tie them all together, I mean, with their Nintendo Cinematic Universe, then eventually we'll, it's the our, Smash Bros. Yeah, our end game will be Smash Brothers. Yeah, I would probably be okay with that. And then Detective Pikachu. I mean, everyone joked. I mean, Pokemon what, are in, and everyone joked. What Smash if Bros. at the end of Detective Pikachu, like there was Mario with an iPad I mean, welcoming him to the Smash Bros. Initiative? What if? I mean, they literally have Master Hand as the common what foe. If? I mean, what if? Just saying, just saying. But before we get too down this road, there is a whole different video game movie that came out right alongside Sonic, um, and it's maybe a good point of reference for what happens if you do try and turn an RPG like Mario Luigi or Paper Mario into a fully this CG kind of- animated movie, which they did with. Dragon Quest, your story, which hit Netflix as an original, even though it's just translated. Um, That's what they do to all their enemies. I know. It's kind of strange. Uh, it's kind of dirty. It's kind of lying. I don't like it. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's weird because, like, they also, Netflix makes their own anime. It's literally like that comic strip that shows, like, a little blob, like, saying, like, I created this, and then, like, handing it to someone to show yeah. it to them, and then they're like, you created this, and then the person leaving, they're like, I created this. Yeah, yeah, but it's very strange. Um, but you just watched your story the other day. Wait, yeah, that sounds kind of... It you was, watched Dragon Quest. Your it story. wasn't my story, though. It wasn't really the viewer's story. I mean... And and again, real quick, potential spoilers here. So just, again, you can skip ahead to the next topic. Um, so, Timestamps are on the site. I mean, the only Dragon Quest game that I've been playing is Dragon Quest Eleven. This one... Based on 5. Yeah, right? it's based on 5. Hey, Whoa. surprise appearance! Look who showed up. It's Kevin. Wait, where, How many of you, you noticed that from? we didn't introduce Kevin in this episode? Well, well, considering we said he's not here. And then, oh, you missed the entire Sonic discussion and Mario movie. Okay. The episode but, is called Fast and the going? Furious, by the way. Fast and the Furious. It's an angel title. So he... That's not too bad. See, I told you. I said if I said it was a me title, you wouldn't like it, but if it's a him title... Is it a you title? It's a him title. I mean, yeah, that's not bad. What if I said it was a me title? It's not bad. Oh. He don't judge. Wow, he does. But anyway, while you get set up, um, would you like to tell us about Dragon Quest, your story, for uh, so, those at home who aren't watching Kevin walk <laughs> out of the room? <laughs> he just got here. Where is he going? <laughs> anyway. He has things to do. Um, so Dragon Quest, this kind of gave me like a brief look at what would have happened. Because like, the idea was being tossed around that they were going to adapt, I think, Pokemon Red or Blue mm-hmm. into a single movie. And in my head, I'm like, all right. So it's like 90% of the movie is going to be a montage. Because mm-hmm. like, how do you like squish like 40 plus hours of game into like a one and a half or two hour right. movie? Right. It's a very long game. Especially Dragon Quest. Because that's like a whole, it's an RPG. And just as you would expect, it was like montage the movie, but not even montage the movie. It was like, I don't even know how to describe it because. Oh yeah. We should probably point out Kevin has to somehow get a chair in here. I've never done. We've never done an episode that feels this live as this. Yeah. Well. I know, right? Well. Anyway, this movie does just that. Try to squeeze in hundred plus hours of video game into 
an hour and a half long movie, which kind of blows my mind. Usually, especially Japan, when they have their their anime their anime movies, sometimes they. I can't say anime in a hushed tone when they have their anime. <laughs> sometimes like they could be. Too... There's a great divide between anime fans, video game fans. Have you ever seen that uh, that video of the 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 kid like busting down the door mm. with a Minecraft pickaxe and like a <laughs> no. Minecraft sword and he goes, <laughs> "Attention, fellow gamers! No anime beyond this point." I've not you ever seen, seen that. that? Oh, no, right. but to be fair, I don't really watch anime. and I do play video games somewhat. So yeah, we tried showing you uh, my hero. But you also Academia point out that's one of the most boring episodes. You've yeah, watched. that was a really bad episode to start you off with. Are you gonna watch yeah. the movie? Yes, because it takes place after the manga. What? Yeah. Why are you not whispering manga? Why? Is it <laughs> <laughs> because of the divide between anime. Yeah, because oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the book is better. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Well, let me know when you watch it because I, yeah. I actually do want to watch it. Uh, I'm, I, yeah, I'm done. Watch it. All right, Dragon Quest. Um, you're saying <laughs> so? Yeah, this this movie is based on the fifth. The fifth book, <laughs> the fifth movie, the fifth volume. Yeah, the fifth game. <laughs> well, volume would work. Yeah, the fifth of. volume, and. Of the Dragon Plus, Dragon Quest Saga, uh, it, I, I can't really do it justice or trying to explain it without like at least like recapping a little bit of it. So let me just tell you what happens in the beginning. Go for it. So this movie is definitely like we keep we already use this term, but a love letter to Dragon Quest fans. Like no doubt about that. It literally starts with like NES style visuals of like pretty much the game playing itself. You're kind of watching like the 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 prologue. Like you see like oh there's like this this warrior and his wife they have a baby and then the baby he kind of grows up and starts fighting alongside his childhood friend they defeat a monster and then it shows like the kid is now like you know like he's like eight or nine or around that uh-huh. and then all of a sudden he's like all right you're gonna have to go um we're gonna and then just abruptly oh well this the movie this movie does it it just abruptly cuts to like the next scene and they're like we're gonna go like take care of a prince oh that sounds cool and then they cut Hey, this is the prince, and then like they're meeting the prince already, and then uh, they're just getting so they're to... like they're like little mini stories that are strung together. I guess it's like mini stories, or like vignettes, but... vignettes or yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking that's a good way to put it. But like the way they cut it, like as I put it in my tweet, like it gives you whiplash because you're like they just introduced this prince, and then suddenly like he gets kidnapped, and then you're like, oh no, like this is a big deal. We have to go save him, and then it and then it immediately cuts to like him, be- him already saved. No, more like okay. the dad, like already like losing in the fight, and he's like about to die, and then wait, what? And then suddenly, like the dad dies, and then it abruptly cuts to like ten years later, where he's been a slave, I guess, for ten years. I mean, Lion King did that time jump too, but they also died in that, ten years I mean, later. It, it, yeah, it's, not, it's good he's here now because he's not wrong. Yeah, but the Lion King at least like eases you into it. You... <laughs> <laughs> this is like straight up happens, and um. Yeah, the the movie just tends to do that like throughout its runtime you pretty much see like three generations like live hmm. on. And the plots get crazy and there is like an actual montage later on where you do like pretty much see like typical like the video game quest of like, oh he's collecting the orb thing. He's is it set doing, to a cheesy eighties? He's, 80s he's on a No no, if it, it this is what's really great about it. It's set to a lot of the music from the games. Oh. Okay. Like or, really nice orchestrated pieces and even though I haven't played Part Five, um, Smash Brothers features a lot of music from that game, and you know they also have like that Dragon Quest opener song that everyone knows, even if you don't play Dragon Quest. Right? Would you and, like to sing it? Well, it's not really it doesn't have lyrics. I mean the tune. And so oh, that's a no. 
And so, like, they sprinkle those, like, tunes throughout, and, I don't know, it feels, like, really awesome. Like, it just, the visuals, like, the presentation is amazing. It definitely mm-hmm. feels like a theatrical film, which is kind of a shame. Like, if this was in theaters, I'd probably watch it just out of the fact that it's a full CG video game movie. It's just, this is the first And movie. as we established, you don't really go to theaters anymore. So that's, yeah. that's saying a lot. Because, like, this one feels like, like something I can't miss at that scale. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the character designs, like, the monsters look great. The slime literally looks, even though it's just a slime it looks like, whoa, this is like a high-budget slime here. <laughs> Literally, it's just a blue circle with a little wisp on top. Well, sure. you know, like the clear effects that you... But then... Yeah. Like, spoilers. All right, uh, hold on. Uh, if you're listening and you don't want this movie spoiled, hit that little 30-second-plus thing on your podcast app like four times. Two minutes should be enough, right? Um, I guess... What, well, Hit I mean, it six uh, times. Well, I'm going to end... Well, I guess like just to close out, like, if you enjoy video games in general i would recommend this movie because this does kind of give you an idea of what it would be like to condense like i said a hundred plus hour game into one and a half hours sure they the pacing could have been better but i think for a first attempt it was a pretty good job or that's good there was a decent attempt and i feel like it could only improve from here is this definitely feels like something that at first was probably meant to be a series or maybe like a trilogy to give it more breathing room right but it feels like something happened and they just squished it onto like a short movie. But now hammer those thirty second jump buttons, people. Okay, don't want so spoilers. spoilers. So wait. Okay, out go. <laughs> all right. So I thought this movie was just going to be, you know, it's just the plot of the fifth game, and that yep. was it, like yep. said in the Dragon Quest universe. But lo and behold, this is actually all a VR simulation. I'm oh, sorry, what? So the movie is just some guy that really loved that grew up playing Dragon Quest Five and really loved that game what? and I guess eventually that game was like the best selling game of all time that they made like this giant VR simulation thing where you could pretty much it's like Roy from Rick and Morty it's literally Roy like you could live out like years what? like in decades of your life in like a few hours so the your story name is referring to this guy at the end yeah because he's oh, he's, that's, that's he's played this game like so many times like oh this time I'm gonna do this this time I'm gonna do that and that's sort of meta yeah, because at the end, um, like, the message of the movie is basically, like, oh, like, video games are not just, like, this mindless pastime, like, growing up with them, like, these adventures, like, are real to you, you make these big memories to them, this is, like, why they mean so much, and then they're saying, like, oh, like, these adventures you play, they're not, like, they're alternate lifetimes, and blah, 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 and, you know, like, a lot of it is, like, damn, like, I mean, wow, that does kind of hit home a little, because you, it does... I mean, it's yeah. the nostalgia that you have for them, like those all those hours you spent playing, you know, especially those games where you get to name your own character and you, you know, what? experience the game through them. One interesting. But oh, go ahead, pay for that. But the part that kind of felt weird and kind of rushes, like this slime character that they just introduced in the beginning, first just follows them around like this arbitrary, like all right, he's just like the sidekick character. Um, it doesn't talk or anything, and then he's about to like kill the final boss, and then the game, I guess, crashes. And that's kind of when he realized that he's in the game because everything, like, all the textures, like, fall off. And then there's, like, this virus monster that pretty much comes out and says, I was created by some guy that says you guys are losers for playing this game so much. And I'm here to destroy this game because you guys need a life. And What? And then he's about to, like... Father said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's about to kill, like, the main character. But then the slime 
I don't know where like jumps in and goes like I'm actually an antivirus put in here to stop this virus and I just created the antidote what and then he gives them like the sword that's where you lost me your dad also say that at one point it's, it's, like, it's like that last part just felt like whoa they really needed like an ending or something like this is like yeah, why it like, felt like super rushed or, I don't know. Yeah, like everything was like like built up to that and then it's just like oh it's like I'm this big villain I'm a virus oh I hear the antidote like it just you know it felt super rushed and then and then it ends and then he's just starting a new game again but two know. thoughts one maybe the Mario movie isn't a Captain Toad origin story maybe it's um, a Dr. Mario movie because clearly Cause the precedent because after having seen this movie like oh man are they gonna bust like this is just someone playing the game That's, the whole time or what's something? crazy is like were there any hints of it going in um, besides the montage factor not until like the last 30 minutes like first it's like you know just the mon. I mean it starts with like the actual NES game yeah but you know you don't really think much about that there's just like towards the end of the movie um people start saying like oh like like um they start saying this time they start using this time a lot and they're saying like, like oh you're gonna fight robots like, like Mr. Robot like, like they're just saying like, like, like oh this time there's robots like hey what do you mean this time and then they don't say like Oh, they yeah. just like, keep going like what do you mean this time what do you mean this time huh because they erase your memory right. temporarily while you're playing so, sure yeah. that makes sense when did this movie come out like a week ago yeah On since when has it been produced like oh, oh it's from, last, it's from yeah, last year yeah last year because this, that is we're still we're still spoiling by the way yeah so by the way keep just, hitting just 30 keep, just keep, keep hitting going 30, for... 30 seconds 30 seconds 30 seconds <laughs> this jump to the next like, timestamp this sounds like the plot to that Matthew McConaughey movie that came out I think it was two years ago that I saw with your brother called Serenity <laughs> where where Matthew huh. McConaughey is on some island spoilers for Serenity <laughs> <laughs> where Matthew McConaughey is on some island and his ex-wife uh, Anne Hathaway shows up and she's like I need you to kill uh, my new husband because he sucks right and then Anne Hathaway's like, like right he's there. also he's also like like beating me and beating my beating our son like mm. Matthew McConaughey and yeah. Hathaway's wife yeah maybe about 80% into the movie Matthew McConaughey finds out that he's in a video game what he is a video he is in a video game uh that's being developed by his son because <laughs> Matthew McConaughey died in Afghanistan a couple years <laughs> ago and the end of of uh Serenity it's literally uh, what would you say like that move that they do with the Avengers when they when they first show up in New York like the rotoscope yeah the rotoscope thing is Matthew McConaughey and just a bunch of pixels like <laughs> like like shaping wow. around him. Wow. wow. Well, I unfortunately saw that movie in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Well, well um, the, the the I mean, are we still in spoiler territory? Should I remind yeah. people? 30, 30, 30, 30. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I mean, like, that plot point, like, could have been novel and good. Just, like, it starts to make you, like, overthink other things about right, the movie that you saw. Because, right. like, how I mentioned, like, oh, he was apparently a slave for 10 years. So, so was that, that guy playing the game for 10 years as a slave? So, that means he literally lived, like, 10 years of just, like, misery. And, like, I mean, that kind of sucks. Are you saying? And that Hold also, on. And he Wait, also, and he also you... gets, and he also gets married and has a kid in this game. So, that also means... Are you saying... That's that a nicer he... ending than Serenity. Because at the end of Serenity, <laughs> the kid kills Anne Hathaway's new husband in real life. Wow. I wanted to And then a he's reunited here. with I, Matthew McConaughey on the talk of the island. I'm, I'm going to rewind the, the, what right. we're talking about. So, you're saying he was a slave for about... 
maybe ten years. Are you saying ten years he, of Indian Are you saying time. he was, that was almost, like which 10, could be real time? Are you saying he was almost slave. twelve years a slave? Almost, I guess. Yeah. Almost. Anyway, that was totally worth backing up for. And you have any spoilers for that movie? I've never seen. Uh, uh, after twelve years, they were no longer a slave. I'm guessing from the title, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, no, I was going to say, though, when you were first telling that plot point, it does kind of fit what we were saying about how movies are getting good about fan service in the sense of it's not just like a quick cash and like a simple obvious nod. It's like deeper things for the fan base. Like doing a video game movie and then being like, this is why video games are cool is actually kind of like, you know what I mean? Like it kind of, yeah. it doesn't feel like no, it, it doesn't feel like they're just like, oh, Dragon Quest, let's just throw something together. And I'll say if you're like, just don't really have, an, if you have some extra time and you just want to watch like a, just a fun movie or just an experience I'd still recommend it it sounds like an even with the right. even with these spoilers you'll still have that whiplash you'll still be like what like what the heck just happened right but I don't know it's pretty cool especially I mean I don't know maybe just cause like I like to use Hero and Smash Brothers but using like his all his attacks and stuff is cool like oh there's Snooze there's Black there's Kasush and blah 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 right you know it's like reverse nostalgia yeah yeah um, and, and and I do think like like the oh there's the sword that that one dude that I don't use uses I don't know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know. You mean. One of the hero alts uses a really, a really cool looking sword, but he looks like a fish man or has like those gills on his ears. So, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah, you have your four heroes to pick from in Smash Brothers. One of them has like some weird ear things that that know. you don't like. <laughs> yeah, that make him seem not cool. Even though he's like the one with the orange alternate costume. So I was kind of sad about that. <laughs> and that's that. Jason, uh, Jason can't even now. Uh, Toho Animation, right? I think so. Yeah, I was right. Toho Animation. Really laughing at they're, that. They're they're working on that loop in the third movie that looks oh, awesome. Yeah, the I mean the animation quality is pretty much like that. Like, okay. yeah. wait, was it also the studio that did uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back? No, Evolution. That's, that's definitely, um, that's, that's that's definitely like a different studio because the animation and production quality I feel were way better in this one. I hmm. I do think Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back aside, and if like, they were, then they definitely didn't try as hard on the Mewtwo one. I, I, I thought it was bad, but that movie was so redundant. It was totally... What, if you want to hear our impressions of that movie, go back to last July, one of our episodes. It's all about it. Because uh, we saw it on a tiny screen at a convention. Can um, we do a, a retrospective on Mewtwo Strikes Back? What? Do you want to do The a, sequel to... Not not Strikes Back Evolution. Mewtwo Returns? Mewtwo Returns, yeah. I've never seen it. You haven't you seen, seen it? it? Wait, have I seen it? I don't think you have. It's not that great. I have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good conversation. But, but I think that was the Whatever. first... He Returns. That was the first... Uh, no, I guess I owned Pokemon 2000 and Pokemon Wait, when 3. did Mewtwo Returns come out? I think it was uh, a direct TV movie. It's, oh, yeah, it's like a okay. an OVA for you for the. Gotcha. Because I've seen well, I've seen and own Pokemon the movie, the first movie, right. Pokemon 2000, and Pokemon Three the movie. Enter. Yeah. No. And, and, and <laughs> enter the unknown. Enter the unknown. Enter the unknown. But uh, <laughs> anyway, what I was starting to say is, I, it, I do think that with. Between what you're saying about Dragon Quest and what we were talking about with Sonic and Detective Pikachu, like I think, and we were kind of drawing this parallel before you got here, Kevin. But it really does feel like we're turning the corner here with, with video game movies in the same way that like superhero movies kind of were, where there was like a period, like maybe around Dark Knight or Iron Man and the MCU coming up, where it went from being like they're not so much comic book movies as much as they're just movies based on comic books. You know what I mean? Like there, it wasn't just like it wasn't like a genre of a like comic book movie. It's just these movies source material were comic books in the same way that like books can be source material or whatever it feels like kind of with video games we're like actually now at that point yeah i i, I can see that for sure yeah and um, I, I think or what are you gonna say Sorry, about no as, especially because these are some of these are just they're not one for one trying to be adaptations of these games like 
I saw uh, Prince of Persia, unfortunately, <laughs> a couple <laughs> years ago. How many movies can you name in oh, one episode? Oh, God. Uh, I saw Pixels, too. I, we saw Pixels. We covered it on the show. We, we saw thought, it for the show. We saw it in theaters. We saw it in theaters. So we could cover it on the podcast when it was relevant to bombed, the right? one person who cared. Um, yes. It did. Were you guys the only one in the theater? Toho's making no, a Shin Chan movie? What? Well, Can anyway. they make a Shin Chan movie? They apparently are. Coming I mean, out the didn't the guy die? It. They can license oh, it from maybe. the estate. They also have an Evangelion movie. and They're the ones making Monster Hunter? No, that's not right. No, they're they're, they're, they're probably... Oh, the, they're doing their own. They're doing their own Monster Hunter movie? Like, probably an anime Monster Hunter like. movie. Oh, well. That is the next litmus test, by Wait, the way. Wait, Sony Pictures. That, sure no. Monster Hunter? I know. That's good. That's, you know what that's going to be? That's going to be like how Venom exists after superhero movies got good. <laughs> that's going to be the Venom. Well, yeah, of, because that's the director oh, of did, oh, I know, Res, all the Resident Evils. And Mila Jovovich's yeah. uh, husband. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul... W.S.S. Anderson? Yeah, Not to be confused with... P.T. Anderson. No. No. Yeah. Wes Anderson. Or Paul... Paul... Thomas Anderson. Yeah, yeah. PTA. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, um, the reason I was saying that I feel like video games can record, besides what we just talked about with all these video game movies, is, video game movies, I should say, is um, it's not just like we're getting good ones. I'm saying in part because it seems like studios are actually being selective in what they pursue and making, like, they're not just taking AIP and be like, yeah, let's run with it. Because, like, there's a story that came out. So Rob, uh, Rob from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Rob Michael, Michael Henney. Thank you. I was going to say, like, say it. I, uh, say I, I, I don't thing. know. It's like there's too many. There's like a C and an E and an L and an H all crammed together. I don't know. But he is doing press for his new oh, Apple. Watch his show. Yeah, he's doing press for that new Apple TV have, show, I Mystic mean, Quest. I have Apple TV free for a year. Yeah, you should month. check it out. It's apparently quite good. Like, the trailer. I mean, I love really... Always Sunny, so I have no reason. I yeah, mean, he and produced the, the, and. Yeah, and the trailer made it look kind of mad, but it's getting pretty good reviews, so it might actually be pretty good, or at least better than the trailer makes it seem. But anyway, he's doing this press tour for the show, and the fact that he was once supposed to direct a Minecraft movie came up, and he explained how his vision for a movie was that like the core of Minecraft in his mind centers around the lack of a fixed narrative. It's open world, and you're given, as he put it, the building blocks do whatever you want. And he went on to say that it's like, this amazing I'm just gonna paraphrase him but it's like an amazing tool like Legos it gives kids not just kids but a person who feels powerless power like kids mostly feel powerless all day they do homework they're told to go to bed how to dress gonna be another year I feel like you could extend to your, uh, you know that to other people I think everybody feels marginalized to some extent your boss is telling you what to do all day so your spouses you just feel like you had a sense of agency the game gave you know the game gave you agency over your life I thought that's a really profound experience that's very for for him that, that's a lot of deep thought compared to his character on the show, which is kind of funny. But anyway, point is, so Warner Brothers and him were working on this for two and a half years. They had Steve Carell attached to Star. And then Warner Brothers switched executives, and the executive went, nah, we're not going to do that, and canceled the whole project. And what's interesting to me about that is Minecraft is one of the best-selling games of all time. They are, they could turn into whatever movie they want, good still or bad. Game on the Switch. It's still, yes, it's still probably one of the top-selling games. It is the Wii U's top-selling game in Japan, which is strange. Um, better than Nintendo's first party ones um, but like it's a huge phenomenon and they could generate so much money even with that m- idea that they thought was met even though I don't know it could have been interesting I think like that's kind of an interesting concept uh, and on some level that to me is the real sign that video games have kind of turned the video game movies have like matured and turned the corner because like they're not just doing the cash grabs they're actually like no 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 that doesn't feel right and not but, doing it but hold on 
that they canceled it because they felt that yeah they, they think that they canceled it because they canceled it because they felt it wasn't worth pursuing. But back in the day, if you had the IP to a video game, you would do it regardless of how good or bad. I, it was. I don't think I don't, I don't think know. that Rob McElhenney would have just made a cash grab. That dude's super passionate. No, no, no. That's my point. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, my point is because from what you said, I, I, I got quality, the impression that the I might have wrong. I yeah. got the impression that an executive just came in and they're like, I don't get it. Let's just not do it. Yeah. No, but my point as is opposed to him actually they're like, Holly- no, it's not. But the Hollywood, it's, wait, it's not Minecraft time right now. Ho- but Hollywood Hold used up. to be. Look at the Mario movie from '93. Look at all the '90s. Let's movie. not. They, <laughs> no, but my point is, they used to be like, oh, we own that IP, do whatever. But the fact that whether or not his idea was a good one, I think it could have been interesting. The fact that someone at War Brothers was like, no, we don't want the free money. We think it might not work right for the property. That's what it boils down to. They didn't think it would made sense for the property. They didn't think it was worth pursuing. They didn't think the property was going to give them a return, even though it's the biggest game in the world. And they, well, then that could also be very short-sighted of them. I, don't know. I agree, but my point is they're I actually mean, thinking about that. For all we know, now. we might be getting a worse movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, but my point is but, like they're actually thinking about that with video games sure. now. Well, before it's just whatever they could get a license to, they'd release. I mean, oh, sometimes yeah. they think. And then sometimes they release that abomination of a trailer for Sonic. Yeah, but then the movie turned out not horrible. I mean, what about all the times they tried getting a Metroid movie off the ground? We can't even get Metro games off the ground. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, like, like yeah. John Woo was supposed to direct. John Woo movie. was, yeah. But like, remember all the like U Bowl era of video game movies? Or any license that that studio could get, they just run with. Like the fact that Warner Brothers is not taking a billion dollar well, franchise. Because they lost so much money with those. But that wasn't Warner Brothers. But point is the fact that there's, that. there's like, someone in Hollywood with self control about video game movies blows my mind because that did not used to be the case. That's all I was mm. saying. And that's, I think, a I'm not giving them that they're... benefit of the doubt. All right, that's I'm, fair. I'm assuming it's going to be for some other reason. Yeah, they Maybe. still made that horrible Doom movie that came out last year. Doom Annihilation? Yeah, yep. no, that's the one. Netflix. But, uh, yeah, so we're, we're not quite around the corner yet, but we're getting there. It's turning. And I think um, it... I think, like, if you begin to respect source material the way Sonic did and Detective Pikachu did, and it sounds like Dragon Quest did until the end, um, and even in a way it still did... Um, it does benefit them. Like, case in point, The Witcher. Now, granted, this is based on a book, but more people, are, a lot of people are also familiar with it as a video game, and it's gone on to be such a huge, this is a TV show, obviously, but a huge hit for Netflix. Back in January, they said that over 76 million people watched at least two minutes of the show, which I know that's a weird metric, two minutes, but that means 76 million people are like, oh, this Witcher thing, I want to check this out, which in of itself, just the brand exposure, that's big. And I, I don't, I don't know why they only count two minutes. They don't give a concrete number for how many people fil- finished it. Just that's the most watched series ever on Netflix. Really? Yep. Most watched Se- ever on Netflix series on Netflix. Like I need to put that qualifier every time on Netflix. On Netflix. On Netflix. That the Netflix uh... <laughs> has put, made. It's their most watched series ever. <laughs> most watched Netflix made show ever. Okay. Yes. We good. <laughs> I think I think so um, because I'm we, like damn. Well, like they I'm... have a lot of their own crap nowadays they on do. there. And, yeah, they have a ton. Because and, like, I feel like a lot of people watch The Office, but I guess if that doesn't count then. Well, they're saying the most... Not saying Netflix produced, produce, but on the Netflix platform, platform. it is the best... Really? Most Over watched. the Office? It is the most watched series on Netflix. See, that's, I think. What, that, or, well, that's, well, that's wait. what I'm trying to make sure. Maybe it's their most watched. Well, I'll yeah, put it this way. It, yeah, because that, I could believe that. Okay, I, I retract that because I'm not sure it's there's been years theirs. of Netflix existing and people watching The Office or Friends. Yeah, yeah, but in fine, here's a real concrete one. In the month since they put out that claim, so that was in January. I mean, that's so impressive. Million. I'm trying to remember what other Netflix-produced shows. House of been. Cards, Altered Carbon. House of uh, Cards was an always Netflix-made show? Uh, yeah. yeah. It was really? their first. It was their very first oh. original. Really? Um, yeah. I thought that was Bojack. 
No, BoJack's another one, though. Um, big Stranger fan. Things. Stranger Things, of course. That's their big oh, yeah. yeah, so this I is... I thought it would have gone to that. This is apparently being watched yeah. more than Stranger Things. Because hmm. Witcher feels like not a show for everybody. But it's but filling that I, hole. Again, that, it's filling the Game of Thrones hole. Is it? A little. Say it's not really like Game of Thrones. No, but it's it's filling the like fantasy realm thing. It's the Lord of Rings fan, the Lord of Rings, the Game of Thrones, like that crowd. Which is <laughs> they say something else. That crowd. Oh no 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 that that crowd. I like <laughs> I like Game of Thrones. Uh, but anyway, in the month in the month since that data came out, uh, another analytics firm called Parrot Analytics that tracks this stuff independently. They're saying it's the most time. watched show in the world right now. Period. Really, the most streamed of any show online. More than The Mandalorian, more than anything from January through about last week. The Witcher. Week. The Witcher. It's huge in Europe. But yeah, but it's, it's it's a big property, but yeah. and and like that in and of itself is crazy that it's doing that well. Like you are literally dumbfounded by it. We, I, I was too when I saw the number, but uh, the effect it's had on the game sales is also worth knowing because it's going to open up the floodgate for all these other game publishers that want to turn their games into new formats. Have you watched it? I have not. Have you watched it? No, but I. Strangely enough, I, I restarted playing uh, Witcher 3. I also have not watched it. So have a lot of people, because here's a fun stat. In December, the month that the Witcher TV show debuted, The Witcher 3, which is what, now a six-year-old game? Sure. Saw a 554% bump in physical copies sold. Just physical copies. That means not the Steam copies that were five bucks. People actually went to the store and like bought it. And apparently a lot of those were the Switch edition because if you exclude the Switch from the data, the bump would have been 63% instead of Jesus. 554%. Yeah, wow. so those who bought... And actually, those who bought the Switch version, like they kind of lucked out because um, I don't know if you guys heard about this patch from the yeah, other Yeah, the week. patch. It's I, actually really cool. Digital Foundry did a great breakdown on it. What? On yeah, so basically um, they're allowing cross-save progress between the Switch version of Witcher 3 and any PC version, be it on Steam or... Uh, well, GOG or yeah. whatever uh, which in and of itself that's oh yeah because you got on a different system but what I say in and of itself like that's pretty cool and it's not even the first Switch game to do it but what I find even crazier about this whole thing is um, the feature is Switch exclusive they have zero plans to bring it to PlayStation and Xbox because there's really no reason if you're, if you're playing at home you can play it on your PC you don't need like Switch TVs but the idea is you play it on your PC, then you leave, you buy a copy well, for 60 bucks, v- and you take it on the go. Didn't the Vita do something like that? We could play, like, PS4 games? On Only, like, on a handful of games. Yeah. Mm. But this is crazy because, like, the Steam audience is huge, for example, and now they are basically telling all of them, hey, do you all play it when you're not at home? This game that's based on the most popular TV series in the world right now? Indirectly? Um, well, guess what? You can. Like, that's a huge marketing opportunity. And uh, the shame you haven't watched it because I was gonna ask like, do you think the show like deserves that amount of? I've heard it's pretty good, but kind of falls into a monster of the week format. And I've heard it has a very catchy song called "Yeah." I guess all that stuff could be good or bad depending on who you ask. Because some people, I guess, would love the monster of the week format. The yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like attention. it has an overarching, but it doesn't. From what I gather, like the first year overarching that goes into monster of the week, then it kind of comes back to the overarch at the end or something like that. But they're apparently fixing some of the so-called flaws of it with season two, which is already in well, development. I've heard of people filming. complaining about the fact that they sometimes can't tell whether it's taking place right now in the past, present, or future because they're not always really clear right. when they're ju- time jumping. Right until later on, I guess. But yeah, yeah, and the uh, the I guess the broader point here, besides Witcher itself, is like with something like The Witcher or let's say the Castlevania animated series that was on Netflix that did well, or Sonic. Oh, yeah, the uh, we're going to start seeing a lot more game properties appearing in other formats, I think. Like, we already know Ubisoft has a Rabbids movie coming. There's the Monster Hunter movies, plural, we were just talking about. Um, 
that still, I think Monster Hunter for Better Worse is the, the kind of the next. Only a matter of time before Resident Evil is going to get another movie. Resident Evil is going to get another one. They're rebooting oh, that. Oh, that's right. That was getting Netflix. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's going to be a TV show on Netflix. Netflix it's going to be yeah. about how uh, Umbrella Corp developed the virus. Do we know if it's live action or not? I think I, they said it was live action. Yeah, but here's the here's one that just came out. Uh, according to a Activision Blizzard employee's LinkedIn profile, Diablo and Overwatch are getting TV series on, I believe, Netflix. Hopefully animated. So here's the interesting thing. First of all, I mean, Overwatch already kind of yeah. up to that but they're shorts but so I don't know. the the first weird thing is this person's profile it said they were the executive producer of both which seems like a bit of a weird thing to put on your profile without it publicly being announced and then it turns out the guy whose profile it was is the president of activision blizzard he announced a project for his company by updating his linkedin bio mm-hmm. like what but anyway yes they're both animated they're definitely a power move they are both animated uh apparently diablo will be anime style and overwatch will be more traditional animation I don't really like traditional. Are, whoa, that sounds expensive. Well, I don't know if it's necessary. Three, I meant like American. I should have said not American. I'm trying to say it's not anime. <laughs> it's just animated in some capacity. Well, traditional. Tra- I know means 2D. I take that back. Yeah, I misspoke. Um, it's just not anime. Yeah, traditional means like you know old school Disney stuff. Yes, it's yeah. not anime. Is all I'm trying to say. Oh, you could just say CG. I don't know if it's CG. They haven't said. They just said animated. Oh, I assume it would be. So I guess I have two questions. One. Does Diablo make sense as an anime? I never played. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I've, I've, it, I personally, I think it worked more as an anime than a, than a CG, uh, CG style series. What makes you say that? Like, what is it about the game? Doesn't, uh, aren't, doesn't it have like hours and hours of CG cutscenes to prove itself that maybe it could have worked, or you think it still would have worked better as? Because like, I, know... I, I, I see it the way like, uh, in the same way as like Castlevania. Works oh, better okay. as a yeah, as anime than it would a, a CG uh, style, and especially that I feel like Diablo was probably the more expensive to make uh, to make uh, CG shorts or cutscenes for, just because those are very detailed. While Overwatch just have that cartoony look. Overwatch I, felt long overdue for this. They've already been doing it. They had the character yeah. videos, so I imagine as our resident Overwatch guy, you're into this idea. Of them doing a show? Or are you kind of over it already? Yeah. I, I haven't touched Overwatch in forever. So are they striking after the iron's cooled? <laughs> Would words? you check it out just to get the lore? And not I, wouldn't be, I, wouldn't be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if this launches alongside uh, the Overwatch 2. Oh, that would make sense. That make total. that make absolute mm-hmm. sense. I wouldn't be surprised if they... Because Overwatch has a ton of lore that hasn't been explored in, in videos or comics. Right. Especially so, not the game. Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely not the game. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, if they... They adapt some of that lore that they have. Yeah, and right. outside of the, the short and stuff like that, I feel like the majority of people don't really bother reading the comics and stuff. But I mean, That's I true. could be wrong. You know, a comic's still coming out apparently. Which the one? Arms graphic no- novel from Dark Horse. The Arms graphic novel from Dark Horse. Remember that was a thing when Arms came out. They're gonna do a whole graphic novel about Arms, and then it just no. disappeared. Oh yeah, it's a thing, and it's coming out in 2020. I remember there was gonna be a Splatoon one. It's coming out in 2020 when Arms is as relevant as ever. <laughs> it's a little late to party, but. Yeah, I think there is a Splatoon one still in the works as well. Um, but yeah, so like I think gaming, it's an interesting point. come out with that comic first, if anything. Before Arms. Arms, yeah. Yeah. Arms needed all the help we can get. You're saying it didn't have enough legs? We've made that joke already. Not in that way. I don't know why it came. I don't <laughs> know either. I'm so sorry. But anyway, that I guess that's... A, like, the, the point I'm making is just like, yeah, I think video games are going to go more and more into multiple mediums and or media, and we've kind of... We're at the point where they're all they, there's hope that they're actually going to be good. So that, that's a plus. But that's enough about games becoming non-playable forms of entertainment. 
Um, there's also part two of our episode, which is games that are coming up that obviously we will play because they, or could be playable because they're games, not movies, not TV. And uh, the most immediate one, three weeks to go, is of course Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's uh, a little, uh, what, a little over a week ago now that Nintendo did their special direct dedicated to the game where they, for 25 minutes, talked very slowly. I watched that movie at times two, no, like 1.75 speed, just to make it tolerable. And it was still too slow for you? No, no, to make it oh, tolerable. it was tolerable. All right, so, okay, well, that, that's the first question. What did you guys think of the Did you watch it? I watched a little bit of it. What did you guys think of the presentation? Um... I don't know. I mean, I don't want to. Th- I don't want to sound cruel or like anti hype, but I didn't really feel like I learned anything from the vi- from the video. I agree. even the new stuff. I felt like this could have been new. This could have been old. I don't know. I mean, honestly, like I it, think I think because I mean Animal Crossing. I mean, I love the franchise. I'm gonna get this game, but I don't know. There, there's nothing they could have said to either hype me up more or hype me up less about it. I so, think so. Watching it just kind of felt like a summary of stuff I already knew and stuff that's like I guess that's cool. Yeah, and and, and like the slow speed. To be fair, Nintendo it exists because they're doing it like a fake uh, like timeshare so, style video. I'm definitely not the demographic for the movies. I, I, you know, they already have my you money. Mean the, so. the direct. I mean, I know it had some crazy production value, but it wasn't a movie. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, I, I, I oh, think yeah, it's the direct weird. Was, I mean, it's to sell copies, right? To convince people to sell them. Yeah, I think it's weird what they focused on. And even now what they're focusing on on Twitter, like there's so many obvious things being re-explained and then there's like some actual cool new features that were never addressed. Like, so it's playable at PAX East this weekend, right? And someone discovered if you press the right stick, you can actually switch between the wild world, like spinning worldview and the old GameCube view, the top-down view. Mm. That feels like something in a direct bag. By the way, do you like the old Animal Crossing? Guess what? But instead they're like, and on Twitter... When you first start the game, we'll ask you your name. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, they're going into so much detail. It just feels like they're focusing on the wrong stuff. But... I did notice during the presentation that sometimes it's, they did have the wild world looking thing in the flat one. And other one, like, wait, when did it And switch? they never addressed it. it yeah. yeah, when did it switch? Oh, I see what you did there. But um, I think there's a couple... He just gave me such a death stare. There's a couple takeaways from it that I... Like, I don't think we need to get into all 25 minutes of the nitty-gritty of it. But I did think that was interesting how much inspiration from pocket camp they're taking with uh with new horizons like there's the crafting from pocket camp and there's the whole mission-based structure of nook points in this one that wasn't from well, i mean not the nook points but wasn't the the crafting more from happy home designer it was oh you're right because and of, then pocket camp took that because happy home designer was literally let's get super crazy about customizing without really worrying about building the village now they just combined everything you're right one. you're right so crafting you're so right it's like, it sounds like they took happy, happy home, home designer the camping from you know pocket yeah. camp and, and the nook point mission structure they didn't call it nook points in um pocket camp and like actually when pocket and they camp, demoted isabel and you know Pam. yeah yeah and now tom nook is apparently the it guy but yeah initially like i remember when pocket camp came out i wasn't really into the idea that oh it's all like structured now but I'm kind of come around to it, seeing it in a game that like has more to it than just Pocket Camp's cheap monetization tricks. Like, I feel like having some sort of indicators of progress beyond just your house got bigger and you caught some bugs is actually kind of nice. Um, not so much for like us because we played Animal Crossing, but if you're trying to onboard like new players into the game, it's like a subtle way that sort of eases you. In. It's not super subtle, but it's a way that eases you in that the game maybe didn't have before. Like, not like it was too open ended, but I do appreciate that if you want a little structure, a little like training wheels or guardrails or whatever you have it now and it also like it lets you 
feel like you're getting rewarded for more stuff. I don't think my biggest takeaway from the direct was, oh man, the museum and aquarium looks nice. It looks so nice, and that's actually something else I like is it, with the mission structure. You don't just get the museum. You don't just get the like. You don't just go in and blathers is like, you want to help, and you're like, yeah, and then you just go find stuff. You have to like unlock it, which is a little more video gamey, but um, it's actually like I, I kind of like it. It gives it gives you more like upfront that you need to kind of earn, and then once you do that, then the world kind of opens up. Like it feel it feels more like a traditional Nintendo progression route that they do in their normal games. Which on one hand, Animal Crossing is about not having that, but it's kind of nice that they're switching up the format a bit um and and someone found out that at in the pax east demo apparently it's not even that hard to get 15 fossils you have the whole you have the museum open and they could do whatever you want with it so you know i think that's cool and actually speaking of pax east have you guys seen nintendo's booth at pax east they built a big no they built animal crossing that's what they were going to take to gdc Oh, don't you dare. Don't you dare crush my dreams like that. They're... No, I'm serious. Like, if you read their press release for what they're going to do for GDC, they're like, we were going to create, like, a recreation of... Wait, are you serious? Yeah. They were actually going to oh take Oh, my that God, time. that sucks. I was... Yeah. I, such a cool booth. We'll talk about GDC being canceled in a bit, but it's such a cool booth. Like, they built... Like, they literally made Animal Crossing, and they have flowing water through it, but it's not actually water. It's digital projections on the no, ground. Have to look and they have a coastline, and they have, like, costume characters of, of K.K. Slider and Isabel and Tom Nook. And it it's really cool, and I'm really bummed that we could have seen it if GEC wasn't canceled. It's probably it's like their E3 style booth, you know, where it's like feels like Disneyland kind of, yeah. but Animal Crossing. And the water looks ridiculously real. It's on their YouTube, but we'll link to it in blog posts. No, I'm watching it right now. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. Um, but anyway, that that's kind of tangent. I was gonna say the real big takeaway to your point, Angel, about like how they took a lot of the customization and crammed it in. I feel like the takeaway from the direct to, for me was that the series is moving more and more towards customization and in some cool ways like the biggest one's terraforming or as they're calling it land development and you can literally just become a god and change the overall shape of the land you can make waterfalls you can knock out yeah, things neat. what boost looks yeah neat. the boots is cool right but um but on top of just terraforming people at pax are discovering that like you can do things like use face paint to make your character look totally unique there's stuff we know like you know the crafting system but now we know that you can actually take your old patterns from past games scan a qr code and import them and turn any object into any pattern however you want through crafting um you can put obviously furniture outside which is something from pocket camp like there's a lot more like make the island your own right but the thing here's the, here's my thing the kicker i don't i don't know how you guys feel i don't really care about customization all that much like I feel like I like playing it for the like social quote unquote aspects, for lack of like a better you? term. Yeah, with the animals in the game. Oh, not with I real you're talking people. About, yeah. No, are you crazy? I'm like, wait, what? And and and, and here's the. I problem. mean, I actually using the Wii speaker to. Yeah, yeah like I actually liked Animal Crossing for the act for the extroverted social meaning. Of oh, the I'm I'm an only child. Like, I'm gonna make friends with computer characters. Well, I mean, I have a brother, so like <laughs> yeah, that really helped yeah. with it. Like especially like you know like working together on the town. And not to mention, we also have we also had a friend that really loved Animal Crossing, and since he didn't live near us, it was a really awesome event whenever he would get to visit our town or we get to visit his, and right. you know, play some games in Tortimer or Tortimer, whichever. Who may be dead? There's a grave in the direct, and no one knows whose it is. But anyway, yeah, whoever, whichever camp you're on, on that pronunciation, but yeah, yeah, no, I think like I I get that, but I think what so you're set because the customization actually lets you do more of that. But the thing that's kind of like to me, I'm like, oh is outside of knowing there's some new villagers, Nintendo didn't really talk about 
anything that's changing with how you interact with the townsfolk. Like, can we expect a change? Are villagers going to be more dynamic? Are there going to be more personality types? I assume there's going to be at least one or two, but like, is it going to be the same thing where, you know, after a while, it gets a little stale because, you know, the more you're in that world, the more you realize there's just seven personalities. And one thing they did say in the direct that gave me some hope is um, the game's going to include free updates mainly to introduce characters in holidays and on some level it feels like they're splatooning it like is the game not actually done holidays used to be baked in now they're adding them as dlc that's a little odd yeah, i mean if and, they do it before the third holiday right but what happens if you want to play offline in the future and you don't have the dlc your animal crossing is now missing things that well, were baked into every other animal well, crossing they're telling forever. you ahead of time so you could plan accordingly but what, when this, what about when the server goes off and you're showing your kid your favorite animal crossing game 30 years from now and then there's no holidays well, I mean, hopefully you downloaded it beforehand. I don't know. I'm just saying it's weird. It used to be also like how they write the guides for this game. They always have those companion books, and you can't yeah, do that. That's if just no how holidays. life is now. You either adapt I know, or I know. But no, um, dinosaur. But part why I'm ho- <laughs> what I'm hoping is that like if they can introduce new char- like new characters and holidays and stuff, can they introduce personality types over time or like new villager interactions and the like? That'd be cool. Because like it does look like they're doing a lot of cool stuff with like new character animations. Like there's one that's been making the rounds of one of the characters eating like a popsicle which is so totally pointless and like oh that's not that exciting but like they're paying attention to little things like that so like will there be like candied apples in the future you know like little yeah, things like, like that little, I, little little patches I'm hoping they do that because that like if they want Animal Crossing to be like this living breathing world you gotta keep updating it with those sorts of things too and Nintendo's being really quiet about anything involving like the in-game socializing so I don't know I don't know but, it, I mean, it does on some level – actually, Angel, you already touched on this. It does make sense that they're moving towards customization being the feature because, like, as online becomes a bigger component, they got to accommodate for that. If everyone's village looked the same and all the villagers share the same seven personalities, that's pretty boring and it makes the online experience kind of pointless. Yet if they lean all the way in on customization, it's a lot more interesting because no one's town's the same. Someone terraformed theirs and it looks crazy. Someone's in one hemisphere and not the other, which is why I think – hemispheres won't just affect seasons but actually the layouts of the islands because they're trying to you know shake things up it's the same sort of variety that like in game they replace the one off island that you can go to with island hopping where you get basically I think they're basically randomized islands yeah but, I would be yeah that's the exact same idea where Nintendo's like oh we realize it's getting really boring if you see the same thing so why don't we rotate it um, so that's you know that kind of makes sense and there still are like social features even with online it's just not like tied to the social features within the game like there's things like nook link which is in the switch online app and you can actually like properly chat with people using your touchscreen keyboard uh, on your phone or your voice chat through, through your phone um which you know it seems the closest we're gonna get to what switch online should offer it actually has messaging it's shoved into the app but at least it has messaging like at least right. there is a way that's progress um but on the flip side they also have that weird save situation so i don't know like what they're like one step forward one step back well, in this case. So, oh, um, the, the fact that you could only... You can't... It will not support cloud backup whatsoever if you're a Switch Online subscriber. If you are a Switch Online subscriber, they will let you... subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online. Well, if you're a Switch Online subscriber and you and you do care, you get one move. And Nintendo, you have to talk... To, like, reach out to them you and they'll do talk. one... You have to sweet talk them. No, but you get one move and you have to, like... Make a count? Make a count, exactly. And that's weird. You actually have to speak to somebody? Yeah. They haven't said how it's going to oh, work. But yeah. Um, the crazy thing to me, yeah, we're planning to offer a service for recovering backup data to save time um, from the server in, cir- in certain circumstances such as console damage or loss. So that's not something you just like go and press a button. You have to tell them. 
And what's crazy about that is Nintendo is simultaneously saying we want the Switch to be for like per person in a household, and we want multiple Switches per household. So little Timmy gets one of the new coral red, coral pink Switch lights, but he already started his island on his old Switch, and they're going to give the old Switch to his right. brother. Little Timmy's SOL, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and that's insane because he's paying for cloud saves, and they're saying it's doable, but only if they want to make it doable. So that's, that's a little weird. Why didn't the dad pay for them? What? We thought little Timmy's paying for the cloud saves. Hey, well, man, Little Timmy's got to earn his keep. Exactly. <laughs> little Timmy has an allowance, and they want to give him a sense of what it's like in the real I guess world. it's not that expensive. It's, it's $20 a year. Yeah, that's not that bad. But, but like, you know, like stuff – minus the online weird cloud safe thing. Like stuff like having Nook Link actually is a social feature that's not in the way I'm talking about. Or like the Nook phone in the game. You have a camera. You have filters. You can take in screenshots. You can post them on social media. You can even bring your Amiibo in, set up a room, and do photo shoots with your Amiibo characters. And, they be, you know, they come to life in the game. Quite literally a social feature, just not the social feature that Animal Crossing is known for. So it's kind of like, what? Like, they, they, like, danced around everything except... They talked about everything except the villagers. So, I don't know. I'm still excited. I'm very excited. It's, you know, it's... You literally just can't hide it. I, I, and I think I like it. But, um, it's just, I don't... I don't know what's going on with the social stuff. It's weird that they're not talking about it. But it's, it's still gonna be a really fun game. Like, the handheld ones are the best, but as a fidelity, and then some of the console ones, there's tons of newness... That if I don't like customize, I can go to your town or your town and see the. I mean, if stuff. I ever invite you. Yeah, I know you never will. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a lot to do and see. I'm just saying, like Nintendo, you spent 25 minutes telling us how like Tom Nook is, you know, owns a shop or whatever, but you couldn't tell us anything about the villagers. I, I'm just saying. But I don't know if you guys, how you guys feel, but that that's that's my two cents. I mean. I already knew I was going to get it. So oh, I'm getting you know, it regardless. This is yeah. all pointless complaining. I'm not So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, they could have done whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's been some... And, and there has been some interesting game news outside of um, just Animal Crossing. Like, uh, Platinum Games. They announced the first original self-published game that they have ever made. It's uh, come to Switch. Uh, or no, it's actually not coming to Switch. That's not confirmed. We don't know where it's going. But it's by uh, Hideki... Thank you. Of Beautiful Joe fame and Wonderful 101 fame. It's supposedly the third in his now trilogy, I guess, of superhero games. They called it the conclusion to his trilogy. I didn't know it was a trilogy. Um, There's a Beautiful Joe 2. What? Yeah, don't ask. I don't know. There's also Beautiful Joe DS. There's also Beautiful. I think they got up to three. Yeah, there's been a lot of Beautiful Joe's. There was one on the PSP. It was like a brawler. Yeah, don't ask how this is a trilogy, but. It's his third superhero game, they claim. Um, if you want to play the second one, by the way, the Switch version of Wonderful 101 comes out May 19th for non-Kickstarter supporters. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because it's like... I mean, I, we have a friend on Twitter named Earl who uh, put it this way. Like, Kamiya made Kamen Rider with Beautiful Joe. Then he made Power Rangers with Wonderful 101. Only thing that shows you ends with Megazords, which is basically what this is. It's monsters versus mechs. We don't really know much about about it outside of a quick teaser but um it looks to focus on this huge these huge battles and they're claiming it's gonna be different for them it's not gonna be like any other game platinum's made before which oh. can go a couple ways i think way number one is it could mean the action will be different because if you're a giant monsters and mechs and they're known for super fast and fluid action games I wonder if they're going to pull, like, a Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee and do, like, a different type of combat that's slower but still fun, but slower. 
Like, because, I mean, monsters, Destroy All Monsters, like, found a good balance of, like, yeah, having that weight but still being fun. I mean, it was slow, but it definitely didn't really feel sluggish. Right. I, mean, I love right. that game. So, like, my, my or feeling maybe is... maybe they're going to go Neon Genesis and hit have very fast-moving mechs. Maybe, but that monster... I mean, in I mean, the trailer, I mean, you watched the trailer. They in the trailer, I mean, makes it look like, I mean, well... You already see much of anything. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it implies, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're this person that pretty much gets a Megazord. Yeah. You're like a Power Ranger or something. Yeah. And, I don't know. Maybe you're a beautiful Joe. The trailer says a go-go. I mean, Maybe it could go either way. It could Megazord. be like, oh, he's actually gonna... You're pretty much just like a giant version of yourself. You're not really in this yeah. big mech. I mean, we don't really, really know what it is. Yeah, so, but it, it definitely feels like if they're saying, like, the gameplay might be different. That's that's option one, which I'd be. I mean, your A one have any objections? That I'm okay with. I mean, Platinum I, I mean, doing a different I'm, style of action for once. Platinum doing. I mean, it could go either way, and I'm sure Platinum will find a way to make it fun and unique. Right. I mean, if it's a fast moving mech game, I mean that could be interesting. But I feel like it. And they've made a fast moving mech game before already. Yeah. The Transformers Devastation. That was Platinum, right? Mm-hmm. That was good Platinum. Well, yeah, but I mean, they're mm-hmm. not like building sized. But that was really fast, though. I mean. That, yeah. I love that game. So that game was also cool. That's I all- was disappointed in Ninja Turtle one. They made a Ninja Turtle one. Like they didn't care. Manhattan, Manhattan, mutants in Manhattan. Oh, oh right. Yeah, that sounds like a Muppet movie. Isn't there Muppets in Manhattan? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. But anyways, that's option one of how it can go. What's also possible though is they may actually be changing the structure of the game. So here's the other piece of the puzzle here oh the game's under development at their new tokyo studio which they announced in tandem with the game which makes sense uh it's a studio that platinum then went on to specify is focusing on making games as service products specifically on consoles i like those words yeah while there's been no platform mentioned for gg yet it is confirmed as coming from the studio that focuses on games as services for consoles gg gg um, right now it's only a 15 person team but they're going to ramp it up to 100 people which means it's a lot of people to develop and maintain this any game they make I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea um, but I do find it interesting that as Platinum like goes on their own for the first time like literally Tencent offered to publish this their new investor Tencent who owns like what 40% of them now or something offered to publish it and they said no 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 we're going to do this ourselves Got and now fans. it seems like they're doing like the servi- the live service route I, I, I think it's interesting because it kind of signifies like an in, like a, there's definitely a shift going on in the industry right now because we've seen a lot of games obviously move in the direction of services or ongoing but to see a developer who never published their own game go okay it's time but we need to do it like this seems like kind of a big tell like they don't like I'm not, I'm not saying it, it, it's, it's a negative thing like there was actually an interview with um, it was a bit of a tangent but I think it was phil spencer from xbox he was talking to game daily or one of those sites and he was talking about this idea that like there could be all sorts of different games that can exist side by side in parallel like it's not games and services have to take over it's not like subscription services have to take over um like if people don't spend money one way on a game you bring the game to them in the way that they'll understand it and play it and he was using this interesting example from africa where apparently people were earning tokens for internet access doing something and what's interesting about that is Everywhere else, internet's provided as a subscription service. But there, the providers had to switch this other method to get people to use it in a way that made sense for them. So his whole point was, well, if games are sold at 60 bucks a pop for us over here, there's still however many billion people in the world that don't necessarily play games. Maybe we bring them to them in a way they understand, like a free-to-play game or a live service or something like that. So 
I think what's interesting to tie back to Platinum, and I've said interesting like five times <laughs> in the last minute, but I think what's, what's fascinating about tying back to Platinum is like, yeah, I don't, like, I, I think it could be a similar situation. Like maybe a small dev like Platinum, their first self-published game, they don't think they could get away with charging 60 bucks for it. But if they kind of splatoon it or arms it and put out a thing for 20 or 30 bucks and then iterate it on, on it for a couple of years and add some paid content, they can probably get 80 or 90 bucks out of that person by the end of it. So it might actually, for them, make more sense and for us as fans of their games have a lower barrier of entry than if they continue to just work with Nintendo or with uh, whoever does Ubisoft, I guess, does the Ninja Turtle stuff or whoever it may be. So it's kind of interesting. Like it didn't used to be that you had all these different avenues you could go down just to like make a game. You just made a game and it came out and you paid MSRP, but like, or maybe a cheaper MSRP and it was a smaller game. But now like there's so many different ways games can be. And it's the fact that they're sort of hyping this up. GG is like this whole new approach for them, whether it's gameplay or this. It sounds like they're confident in in it, which. Yeah. And that's a plus. They've, they've, they have a great track record. So. Yeah. And like, yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a cool game. Like I'm not worried about that, but it's it's idea stuff saying interesting. I just yeah, I just this this pivot going on. Is, so is coming not working on Bayonetta three? I guess not. Did he work on Bayonetta two? I don't know actually. He worked. He worked on, on Bayonetta. Yeah. yeah, he worked on the first yeah. one for sure. So he might. No, he is directing this. Never mind. Because I say maybe he's producing this and working on Bayonetta, but no, he's directing this. I know he that. produced Astral Chain, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He has his hand. He has his fingers in a lot of pies or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That is a phrase. But yeah, it's, um, but the thing that Platinum's doing is actually a strategy that another developer who made news this week, Harmonix, is very familiar with. Rock Band, you know, Guitar Hero before it. They were kind of the prototype of the games at service because you had your core game and they stacked more music on top of it. And you they could also buy whatever tried making a comeback and failed. And now they're trying again. This week. Then this is my transition into it. This week they announced a new project. It's confirmed for Switch this time. Unlike GG, it's called Fuser. And uh, do you guys remember this thing called Drop Mix? Yes, from a couple of years ago. Is that the yeah. card game? Yes. Yeah, so we tried it I at Comic Con right here somewhere. Yeah, you have from Comic Con because we yeah, got to try it at Comic Con. So for those who don't know what I'm talking about, it was Hasbro How and Harmonix. Not well, right. but it was Hasbro and Harmonix attempt at kind of like a Toys to Life product in a way where you like create different music mixes by dropping these physical cards onto this base and that would mix and match the songs for you and then there's like a point system of who scored higher and like the cards are split into four colors like yellow would be like vocal track or like blue would be drum track and then each card had a power level from I think one to three and that would affect how they influence the mix like is it like they take over the main beat or do they just like add a little snare or whatever and there are all these different modes built around it and there's like a multiplayer element and a single player element and like a puzzle game element and it was all handled by putting a phone app on like having a phone app placing it next to the thing and then all these cards having nfc in it this game fuser is basically the video game version of that or at least it's the bait that is the basis that fuser builds off of because uh harmonix is calling it a virtual music festival which uh, uh but basically you're creating dj mixes you're selecting p- parts of songs to mi- mix and match and they did a horrible job of showing this off in the trailer i don't know if you saw the trailer anyone but it's like a minute of just like look this guy's djing but they do not explain the gameplay whatsoever but i dug around found some previews start pieced together i think how it works and so it actually is really cool like it's a really different take on music games, which is why I wanted to point it out on the show because like it's like don't discount this. It actually sounds very really interesting. So on the surface, like it kind of looks like a music game. You have these four round record spots, and those they're color coded. 
Um, each is corresponding to a different face button on your controller. And that's also to a different part of the song. So much like Drop Mix, you have the vocals are one color, the bass is another color, that sort of thing. I think they're trying something new. And, well, not really. Well, kind of. Yeah, In mean, the video game space, they are. Yeah. And what's kind of cool is, like, um, it's going to have you put down, like, a track, you know, like a drum track or something. And it's going to put you down vocals. And you have a stack of records along the top. And you actually just move your control stick up to the one you want. You have a little cursor. You pick it, drag it down. There you go. And they could do, like, bass, melody, etc. Um and they do all that in a way that a DJ does it. So if you put it down at the downbeat, it's technically better because it doesn't like sound out of whack and you get more points for it or whatever. You get more audience clapping. And then much like a DJ, you get requests. And that's where the actual gameplay thing comes in. That's kind of interesting. So they can people can send you requests in the form. They're kind of looking like little bubbles or like text messages or something. And they can be like, I want this genre. I want this style of instrumental. I want the specific song. I want something from this decade. And then once they come in, very much like uh, Overcooked or one of those games, there's actually like it's like an order placed, and you have to feed. find it and feed it in in a way that's like on beat in the downbeat for the maximum like points or whatever. And, and you're you... basically juggling all these different mixes while also making your mix. And so that's we, kind of the premise. They're like fusing all those requests together. Yes, you are a fuser, if you will. If you will. Uh, but it's, it's a really cool idea because, like, you, you can still, like, have some customization. Like, they're not going to necessarily always request a certain song or whatever. So if they like, I want this type of guitar, like, I want a heavy metal guitar, you can have – there's, like, 100 licensed tracks already confirmed. And you can pick what songs you want to feature in your mix, and you get the freedom to kind of do that. And then, you know, hear the music you want to hear, but then these requests kind of fit into that. So it's actually kind of cool because it's, like, it's not just the, you know, the, the note highway of every other – game so that they've ever done. are you going to try it? I'm very curious to demo it. Yes. Oh. I want to see like how it plays because if you watch footage of it it barely makes sense. Like you see the little things come in and you can see your um, you can see your music up top and you can see your four things but there's all sorts of layers to it that like I need to see how it works in, in reality because like if you are told hey like I love like the riff of a 70s song you can go your little record of a sunny song and they can pick which of the four elements of the song you want, you know, the melody, the guitar, whatever it may be, and then put it in. But, like, I don't know in practice if just moving up what amounts to a control stick's mouse cursor is going to be, like, fun, but it depends on how it feels. So, but conceptually, it's a really cool idea, and what's nice is for the first time, I think, ever for harmonics, you don't need to buy plastic for this thing. It's all in-game, no accessory required. So it's coming to Switch later this year. It's published by NCSoft of all companies. Huh. Uh, right? <laughs> but it's uh, – yeah, right. it looks kind of cool. It looks pretty cool. So I'm, I'm holding out hope that, for that one. That portfolio, I guess. Yeah, right? Um, and weird how Harmox has jumped around so much. They went from Red Octane in the Guitar Hero days to EA for Rock Band, now to NCSoft, which is out of – Left field? Yeah. Really, I love feel. I even I haven't even heard the name NCSoft in a minute, but yeah. But anyway, so that's that's uh, that's Fuser. I sounds pretty cool. I like how different it is. But now for all the great stuff we've talked about, like I said at the top of the show before you got here, Kevin. Uh, it doesn't matter what we're into because we're all gonna die. We're all gonna help us coronavirus. So we're just, it's just gonna be a hellscape that we live in. Uh, like I never thought we'd talk about global. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but I never thought we'd talk about any sort of like global medical issue on our little Nintendo podcast. But 
it's hitting the game world surprisingly hard in some very significant ways. The biggest of which is they just just canceled the game developers conference altogether. I mean, they say they postponed it, but like, just admit defeat, you guys. They like this is to the GDC people. Like, you're refunding our tickets. It's dead. You set up a fund to help indies get their money back if they, you know, didn't get travel insurance and couldn't. Make it sound like GDC is dead forever. No, but they're saying they're gonna postpone it to later this year. No, they're not. It's done. They're already giving the refunds back. Who in August is gonna be like, yeah? Now it makes sense. Just wait till next year. And who's the? Are they assuming that the coronavirus, like, outbreak is gonna sure. get better? <laughs> it will. It will. So, so it's it not will. gonna get better than than. No, it will. Um, I not uh, sooner than later. Not super soon, but it will it will peter out a bit, potentially, supposedly. So the 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 source of this is uh, where I'm getting this info from is my dad, who's an infectious disease doctor, who actually the lady that's running um like the U.S.'s response to the the lady the doctor who's running the U.S.'s response like <laughs> worked with like my dad and her worked together in the eighties oh. on AIDS. So like he know he kind of knows what he's talking about on this one, but um he uh, yeah he well, he doesn't right. think it's gonna yeah. It's interesting though because I was talking about it, and the thing with coronavirus, like there's obviously all this pandemonium about it, like GDC outright canceling. First of all, before we even get to that, how badly did GDC handle that whole situation? Sony pulled out a week ago. That's you know one company. Sony and Facebook pulled out right, last week. and then like Epic pulled out, and then Unity pulled out, and Amazon pulled out, and a bunch of others pulled out, and then Epic for pulled out. three days, the GDC organizers kept saying, "No, no, 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 we're still going to do the show." And in those three days, you know, cancellation policies for airfare tickets were probably ending. Hotel policies were probably, you know, you you have to get in under the window. Like, there's a lot of like, if they saw it was the dominoes were falling that fast, in fact, they should have jumped them. And the Geneva Auto uh, Motor Show, which gets six hundred thousand people, no one pulled out yet. They just collectively decided like five days before the show. Yep, we're canceling it. Like the booths were built, the cars were there, but they just made the call. This doesn't look good. GEC was like, well, how long can we ride this out before it doesn't look good? It just seems, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of bummed. This was good. I you, mean, they were literally the last ones, it felt like. To... The, yeah, literally. And and the thing is, like, I, I mean, I'm bummed about it because this was going to be my first time going to GDC ever um, to cover it for our little podcast here. But uh, There's always next year. Yeah, there's always next year, but it's kind of funny. Like, so oh, we're not dead. Yeah, so we're not dead. But well, that's the thing. So most people aren't going to die from coronavirus so here so it it's a hundred times more deadly than the regular flu so we're talking from like 0.1 to 1 percent of all people will die okay well the reason everyone's freaking out is more at least according to my sources my dad is the um uh, it's more the mystery around it so with the flu yeah 0.1 percent die and, and you know one percent of a billion people is a lot of people don't get me wrong one percent of 300 million people here in the states is a lot of people but it's still not, you know, 80%, 90%. The, the bigger concern is the mystery around how does this thing, like, what's the ebb and flow of it? Like, how do you contain it? No one knows. Where did it come from? No one really fully knows, so we can prevent it. And more to the point, where's the medicine for it? And what is that medicine? And how do we cure it? No one really knows. So like when the, World War C. Yeah, basically, but without the zombies. But, um, because well, like when that. the flu, what? You don't know that. Yeah, I know. But when the, when the flu, hits every year you know like just get a flu shot and they know exactly like the range at which it goes and like how many people are affected roughly this one no clue and it's spreading so fast i don't really know how to contain it and that's why like japan's closing schools for a month and that's why like disneyland tokyo and universal osaka are closed and that's why gc's canceled and 
possibly an F8, which is Facebook's big conference, and possibly E3 if this keeps up, which also sucks if that gets canceled because we got press credentials as an entity again this year. So if it's not canceled, expect some solid coverage from the press-only day. But if it is canceled, um, oh well. But yes, yeah, so that's what's like going how, on. I like how uh, the ESA is like, nope, we're, we're still, we're still good. We're, yeah, we're still gonna have E three. Don't worry. We're yeah. Well, right now it's too early to tell. I mean, at this point, even the Olympics, like, we might have to cancel, but we'll decide in May. And it's not even. And again, it's not like they expect everyone to die. Most people that get the the coronavirus, it's just like a flu or a cold or nothing at all, and you can just carry it to the next person. And that's it, and you'll be fine. But it's those fringe cases that one percent where that could be a lot of people, but that one percent really where it's gonna where it's like hitting. Or where it's problematic, so and no one really knows you know, no one knows how fast it spreads, no one knows how big that one percent can get. And that's kind of the scary part of it. Um but yeah, kinda it's kinda weird. Like you wouldn't think this would affect gaming, but it affects it in so many ways. Like especially now that gaming's like a culture and has like all these events all the time, like besides GDC. Yeah. Where you're that's how you're about to say Yeah, because yeah, like And it even affected um one of the kickstarters that i kickstarted the genki adapter thing that's the chinese factories yeah because like yeah they're they were already going to ship them they were hoping to like you know like literally have them in our hands by now but you know delayed in production because they couldn't get some parts right and i mean other than that i mean oh yeah yeah, my bloodborne board game also got delayed yeah and like it's it's like i mean games are getting delayed um well actually not just games events are getting delayed so Switch? I put I put a little list together. Animal Crossing switches. Um, Blizzard cancel is canceling over yes in Japan, but Blizzard's canceling Overwatch League matches all over Asia. The Pokemon company's canceling card game championships. SNK canceled their World Championships. Fire Emblem has an expo in Japan. That's cool. I didn't know that. And they won't have swag, at least some of it, because it can't be made. Um, my favorite one is uh, there's a I think Counter Strike tournament in Poland. That's normally an arena that somehow holds 179,000 people, which is crazy big. And uh, they're going to play in the arena empty, no crowd. Which makes me wonder, you're playing a video game, you don't need an arena, just stream on Twitch from your homes. Like, why? But that's beside the point. My, my point is, like, that's a huge empty arena. They're doing soccer matches in Italy with no crowds because they need to keep the league going. Like, it's crazy. But yes, it's, it's also delays. Like, uh, you know, kind of close to home with switch uh the outer world delayed indefinitely on switch because the company porting it is chinese they're going to now make up for it with a physical version of the game on an actual cartridge as well when it finally comes out but who knows when that's going to be and it's not just like that one instance so many companies rely on like outsourced chinese developers to help with assets and whatnot and we're going to be feeling the effects of these delays probably for quite a while there's already people sort of half seriously saying next gen could be delayed like if they don't have a way to produce these ps5s or xbox series x's and they don't have the games for it could next gen literally not happen until 2021 now because coronavirus you know even if they we get this dealt with by june the ripple effect like the downwind of it so to speak so yeah and 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 like animal crossing you said yeah they're having shortages uh they had to delay the animal crossing special edition switch in japan because they didn't have a factory. In fact, Bloomberg uh, put out a report last week that in addition to Japan shortages, which are both the Animal Crossing Switch and regular Switches, um, Nintendo may be hit by 
they may be hit by like really serious serious but big shortages of switches in the u.s and in europe as soon as april basically they have enough in their channel right now to like pump out in time for animal crossing but then once animal crossing hits and it takes off which it probably will and people that were waiting buy their switches there's been like no switches hmm. in um april because they already are getting like they're going through the backlog basically and then that's it and um it was kind of crazy it goes to show how global like a company like nintendo even is where like the issue isn't that the switches can't be put together that's done in vietnam the issue is that there's a specific component supply coming out of china and that got bogged down so they have all these switches missing a component seeing in vietnam and then once those are done those switches are sent to america the reason japan already has shortages to the point that you can't find an OG Switch, but you can buy a Switch Lite no problem, and Switch Lite sales are going up in Japan because people just want to buy their Switches. Um, those Switches, the Japanese Switches, are made exclusively in China and sent over, while the American Switches are made in Vietnam and sent over. But they all pull from the same supply of a specific component in China. It's very crazy when you think about how globalization works for manufacturing. No. <laughs> I was just speechless <laughs> but yeah so it's literally one component is causing this whole issue because that got stopped and what sucks for Nintendo is according to Bloomberg do you know which, which component it is I don't they didn't say I want to believe it's something totally like irrelevant like it's like oh this tiny little plastic nub breaking that, like, news the foam that they put new, in the yeah the foam for the Joy-Con Joy Cons. but um, no I was just saying like, breaking news as of 11 minutes ago three new unexplained cases in the US yeah uh, there's a whole reason for that that I get to but I'll spare it I'll, it's not quite it is save, Nintendo, save, but, yeah, save it for the yeah it's fine but um, yeah but the, to the Nintendo point the US is their biggest market Bloomberg said 43% of Nintendo's core businesses here in the States 27% in Europe and 21% in Japan so if the, if the shortage is spread that hits Nintendo hard bottom line wise um, and you know that's why the stock market's crashing because like it's not like people are all going to die and there's no one to sell to it's people aren't going to go outside and, and do things because of the fear and more of the point companies are all going to take hits because they can't make their stuff and they don't know for how long or at what scale they're talking or anything and that's why we're seeing the biggest point drop in the stock market ever so on the flip side though for all that it is kind of funny like the silver lining is like it's actually going to help some other game sales and some other game aspects of gaming in a way you wouldn't really think like for example in China Ring Fit Adventure there are shortages because people are stuck inside and want to stay fit so they're going to try and buy it and they can't get it because Nintendo didn't make enough because they didn't think there'd be a global pandemic or in Japan like I was saying Switch Lite sales are up significantly Nintendo's like well we want to try and promote the Switch Lite more and get more people in that way well they did <laughs> so and just in time for that Coral one um, and then one that I thought was really interesting that I didn't really think about, our favorite MPD analyst to name drop, Matt Piscatella, he was uh, saying on Twitter that um, a lot of games and services are going to see a huge boost in revenue because if people are at home and they want to hang out with friends and they can't leave, especially in like China where they're literally locked down, they've locked down 750 million people. That's three U.S.'s. That's insane. But what are they going to do? They're going to go on Fortnite. They're going to go on games like that where they can voice chat and interact through the game. Um, likewise, subscription services will likely see boost because people are going to try the new services with their free time, extra free time. They maybe will go beyond the demo. Like maybe this is what gives Stadia the audience it so desperately. No, wanted. nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. But in all seriousness, it does make sense. Like I mean, you know, if they're going to cancel GDC, you might as well network with other gamers in your Animal Crossing village or whatever. Like in a weird way, Animal Crossing coming out right now 
in the midst of this and it's all about like having a little virtual life with your friends and running around with your friends i could see it actually getting a boost from this as strange as that sounds like in a weird way it is a morbid <laughs> kind of working <laughs> for the in their favor it is morbid but you know it's a it's it's if you're cooped up and you need something social a socially driven game like animal crossing is perfect so just saying like there are there are silver linings to every situation from the nintendo corporate perspective at least but it's definitely a strange time like i i can't think of a single time that this much stuff has been canceled in general mm, ever yeah and maybe nintendo, world war ii yeah. but like yeah nothing like this yeah it's crazy but uh with that you know with that in mind the idea that people are gonna be cooped up and need something to do um you know they need to play more things let's talk about some of the games we've been playing um you know, maybe as recommendations for what you guys out there need if you're hunkering down in your coronavirus bunker, whoever you are that has a coronavirus bunker. Um, no one has a coronavirus bunker. Anyway, um, so you, do you, you want to go... Know f- that. What? That's you true. Well, how that. did they build it so fast? Unless they're retrofitting some other bunker, in sure, which case yeah. that's cheating. That's just a bunker. No, no but it's... We know uh, Jason already had a bunker. Yeah. I never have had a bunker. But anyway... um. I guess I can start with the one that's actually on Switch. Now you can jump to Dream. Well, Kevin, have you been playing anything? I, we didn't get to talk to you ahead of time. So this is going to uh, be a surprise I guess I'll go first. So I once played this game called um, What Remains of Edith Finch on the PS4. Wait. It was free on the PlayStation Plus. Wait, hold on. I, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, well, I mean, I played that game, so I figured I'd might as well talk about it. Wait, but I just played it on Switch and have a whole set of notes. Why would you do this to me? I mean, I guess we could both talk about <laughs> we it. We could both, we both talk about it. it. Yeah, let's both talk about I it. I mean, multiple impressions are important. That sometimes. is true. We should have a conversation about it. All right, so. Actually, the funny thing is, like, upon playing this game, I really think, oh, man, I hope this comes to Switch because it's, it's like, I mean, I would categorize it under a walking simulator because that's kind of what you do. But this is, like, a walking simulator that takes it to, like, the next level. It's, like, it's, it's, I'm sure Jason will, Jason will go more in detail to it, but it's, like, one of the few games that I know, like, if Jason can beat a game, it would be a game like this. I did, by the way. Same day. Exactly, because it's less of a game and more of like it's a like story. a series of vignettes, right? Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. an interactive it, novel. But and you know what it is? And you don't really have to like get, there's nothing you get good at or anything throughout the game. You're not really learning anything. You're just kind of experiencing the whole thing. You know what it is? It's especially on Switch. Cause and it's very short. You, so, it, it, you know. It's three hours. Yeah. Especially <laughs> on Switch. Literally the length of a movie. So that's kind of what you need to aim for if you want to get is this Is this a that game company? No, this is... No. Uh, their name, their logo's a bird. Titmouse. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I forgot what their name Behemoth. is. I forgot what their name is. But um, nope. Nope. Ba- basically, as half expecting to be like Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> no, but ba- basically, like to your point about like yeah, it's on. It it seems like it should be on Switch. It feels like the video game equivalent of growing growing up with like a good book when the weather outside is really bad, which is perfect when there's coronavirus. You could curl up with this as the world outside melts down. But no, it's um. Are you keeping track of how many times you said coronavirus this episode. Well, a lot because it's it's a very relevant topic. No, no, no. Legitimately oh, we could do a count somehow. I have not kept count. I'm guessing. Take a shot every time I say coronavirus, and you'll be dead from the alcohol poisoning well before you get sick. I'm guessing fifteen, probably. But giant um, sparrow, giant sparrow. There it is. Oh, they did unfinished swan. Yeah, that. Yeah, and and there may first of all there may be some small spoilers. I'm going to try and keep it minimal. Second of all, I should mention the only reason I even have this game, and I'm very glad I do because I had no idea. Like I knew it it won awards, but I never really like paid attention to it. And then Target at 2 a.m. on a random Tuesday night, I don't know why I was awake, had it for a dollar. They glitched out. It's supposed to be twenty dollars. Eshop download, and I'm like, 
sure it's a reward winning game and I'm so happy. Oh, what a terrible person. I'm so, what, that I you got. You should donate. The no, no, no. No, that's on Target. The developer doesn't not see that money. Target paid for the codes up front. It's fine. Oh. Or however they do that. Like, if they buy them wholesale or whatever, but they got their cut. It's fine. But um, I'm very happy I discovered it because, yeah, you're right. It is a walking simulator, a narrative-driven one. But it has a really cool – well, this is my first walking simulator, first of all. But secondly, it has a really cool narrative structure – it has those vignettes. They are strung together. You're basically a granddaughter exploring her old family house. And each vignette is a different style of gameplay, a different style of experience. There's one that's an interactive comic book complete with self-shaded graphics. There's another clever one that plays out entirely through the lens of a camera as you take pictures of events. Uh, all you do is like focus and shoot. Like That's literally it, and then it progresses that way. Uh, there's another one later in the game I don't want to spoil too much, but does a really cool thing where you're doing two different things at once. But it makes total sense with the narrative and the way they do it and how it builds is like incredibly, incredibly well done. Um, yeah, it really, it really like it, it's it's cool. Um, and what works so well, in my opinion, is that by offering these different gameplay styles within these vignettes, it fixes the issue that I always thought walking simulators would have, which is everything's the same. You're just moving forward because yeah, you are is, moving like, the big downfall. Because I mean, a lot of them, a lot of the first or a couple like walking simulators yeah. pretty much just walking from place to place and you're just hearing a lot of dialogue sometimes you're finding like right. you know like there's that one one of the first few that I remember Dear Esther where you're just kind of like reading a bunch of letters you're walking through like a garden you're walking through nice looking paths but <laughs> yeah. you're I mean that's kind of where like the name even came from walking because you're just right. kind of walking yeah like there's no real gameplay to speak of it's supposed to be all about the narrative but this one mixes it up which yeah is this one nice. is like kind of both like they they really won a lot like you're doing more than just walking I mean yeah you are just following a straight and path and it's always the exact same button input so there's one action button and one stick but they mix it up so well yeah yeah like there's um like I really like the one where like you know, you're playing as a frog in a bathtub. Yeah. I mean, I won't say like what it represents. Right. But, but, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That one, that one's really good. And what's cool is like, they are able to toy with gameplay concepts that wouldn't last more than five minutes in a real game. Like the frog in a bathtub, you're just bouncing around as a frog. Like that's not a real, like you can't build a level around that in a normal game, but in this, for that short vignette, it makes sense. Or the like music uh, and everything around it. Yeah. And then there's like one where you're swinging off swing faster and faster. And that's like, again, it's almost like WarioWare, but like, solemn <laughs> like it's also you know what i mean like it has kind of that dem- well i don't even want to say tech demos but like no they're fully thought the, out no no yeah, all, yeah. and no, they all no, flow no, together well, yeah, really well, yeah, well. Not to, but like it's like the equivalent of like like a short because like a lot of shorts are very yeah. experimental even like disney gets like a very experimental in their shorts sometimes so it feels like a bunch of different like indie shorts that they just kind of put together or they found a nice narrative to string yeah and, and they're so well put together like really the whole presentation is just top notch across the board i feel like like the way they overlaid. even some of these are like oh i wonder what this would look like a full game i'm mainly thinking yeah. like the one where you're like a like a sea monster right yeah yeah that was kind of cool and or and i just like like the way they did the games and the way they string them together and the way they even like overlay the dialogue text and have it like interact with the world like you open a gate and it smashes into the words and the words scatter everywhere like that's cool there's one with there's one mini game you do where you're a kite and you're like flying around and basically destroying um like a an outdoor reception as wind and like the the chairs become the words describing the narrative that's being spoken to you at the voice like with the voiceover like it's all really well done i mean it's not it's it's not oh, yeah. perfect but it's really yeah. well done yeah and i mean a lot of games like they can get artsy fartsy, but I feel like this one, like, I don't know, it, I don't know, it just does a good job. It does it really well. And, like, some, there are, there are, I have some nitpicks. I don't know if this was true of the PlayStation version, but on the Switch version, 
like the game's graphics are sometimes too dark for their own good. Like I actually had to turn off my auto brightness on my Switch and crank it up all the way to be able to see some stuff because it went total black, huh. which isn't great. Definitely um, wasn't an issue on the PS4. I mean, it was only a couple times, like two or three. Um, um, I mean, there are some minor one sl- too many. Yeah, I agree. There are also some minor slowdowns. I played in handheld mode because I like being like curled up, like it was a book basically. I was just laying on the couch, but uh, there was also some minor slowdowns in handheld mode. Nothing, none on the PS4. I mean, well, well of course not. A PS4 Pro, but yeah, and and again, nothing show stopping, especially given the game's slower pace. But you do notice like a stutter here and there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, Mr. Sun. Remember when you were getting mad that I kept saying you work for PlayStation, so of course you're going to say that? You're sitting here pitching that. No, okay. But the. Um, well, I mean, I'm just kind of reminding people that it's not indicative of every version. No, no, no. I'm, sp- I'm specifically talking about the Switch version. Yeah. That's why I said at the top that, like, specifically Switch handle mode, this is my experience with it. Yeah. Like reading a book. Uh, but the, the story itself, we should probably touch on that without spoiling anything, it gets pretty dark. It get that get ready for emotions. I thought they did like a really good job of setting up each character in the vignette into someone you'd like, only to have it take a dark turn with each character. Like I thought that was the way they kind of built them up was, for the most part. Yeah. I think I think maybe there are two that they rushed through, and I'm like, oh, but the others were really well done. Yeah, I thought this was honestly like a really good example. Kind of like, I mean, yeah, you have like the Telltale games that are trying not to be uh, they're trying to be a big story. They're trying to tell, but without you know, taking advantage of the video game medium, I feel like this kind of does a better job of kind of showing you something else that you could do with video games. Mm-hmm. I don't totally. know. Like a whole, like, untapped market. Like, I mean, you have your walking simulators, but I feel like this is, like, a whole other level where you can get a unique level of engagement that you normally don't get, you know, in books, movies, it's, or even other narrative-driven yeah. games. I feel like this is something that could appeal to a lot of people that Jason, who normally don't beat anything. So, I beat it in basically one sitting. Yeah, because like you get it's really engaging. You, I mean, there are stopping points where you can go like, all right, I'll stop here because I just finished this vignette. But the way it ends, and because how you just kind of discover like, oh, there's now a secret passage here behind this. Mm-hmm. You come, you want to keep going, and I feel like there should be more of this, like because it's kind of unfair to call it a game and just like a walking simulator. It's like somewhere it, I I want to more point between, I want to call it like a storybook game or like a story tale like there's gotta be a term for it that's better than walking simulator yeah because i mean that's the closest word like I have narrative to. led first person mm-hmm. adventure i don't know i will say it's, by the way to your point it's, about it's an experience for sure to your point about how like it builds and you want to keep going you know one thing i thought was really cool is the symbolism as you uh climb higher up the house and higher up the family hierarchy like in tandem because as you start learning more about more recent people and that sort of thing like you literally go higher and higher up this crazy house that starts looking pretty normal and then gets kind of whimsical as you go and it's it's such they just do i can't say enough about this game like they just it's a really unique cool experience and i think i think it's really turned me on to this walking simulator genre assuming and that's what i wanted to ask you about angel and i guess kind of if you played any games like this um I, like I, I want to try more of these. I think. Like I kind of want to try Firewatch now. I'm curious about Gone Home, but I don't know. Like, are they? I don't know if they have this much variety or not. Like, I mean, you would have to play the ones that came out. I think they're they, all on Switch. I think if they came out in the last ten years, you're good. Yeah, like Firewatch. for great things about. Yeah, that's why. Anything beyond anything before that, and you're probably not going to get the same level of engagement with right, like Dear Esther or whatever. Yeah, because I mean, like you're going to have to like really enjoy the story to just keep walking right that's all it's really gonna offer right like there's other ones kind of like um bound on the ps4 i'm um, not to that one just came to mind just because like it uses vr as kind of its um 
it's equivalent to like DRS with like whimsical like health yeah. and stuff yeah. like I mean this one is like a whole very experience you're kind of just walking but everything around you is just so like whoa what's going on but it's like a tale about you know like pregnancy and stuff I can't wait for next episode where we start the show with me going hi I'm Jason and you going hi I'm Angel brought to you by Sony PlayStation <laughs> but um, not sponsored what nothing not sponsored not sponsored hashtag not spawn <laughs> but um and as i say that um yeah like the next game we're talking about is oh but real quick like, one last thought i was just gonna say like yeah so if anyone out there who's listening has recommendations for these sorts of games on switch at jsr7 is my twitter i'd love to hear because i think this is my like i just like like in general it, it it's the right length it's the right type of engagement you can't win or lose you're just experiencing something by experiencing a way to angel's point a minute ago that you can't do in any other format and it's really cool and especially on switch because you could literally like just play it on the, like anywhere it's 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 really cool so yeah games don't have to be 10 plus hours but no and i mean i guess it's also where you kind of have to decide or i guess where i mean you only paid a dollar but i mean it's 20 well bucks. i was about to bring that up even if i did <laughs> even if i paid the other 19 and paid 20 bucks because i mean you're definitely getting more i mean i pay it, 15 16 for a movie yeah but and i'm same, fine with that yeah and you're actually and I'm getting more out of this than a movie. Yeah, because you're because I'm engaged. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm engaged with movies, but I'm like interacting. Yeah. So like I would say you're literally driving the story along. So yeah, I mean it depends. Like it kind of depends on how what your viewpoint is on the price, right? Because like there's times we've talked about indie games like oh for eight bucks it's not worth the value. It's not much content. But that's like a traditional game with levels or whatever. Yeah. But like with this, if you look at it as a movie, you're interacting with it's a movie plus a 4DX of of a movie. It's definitely more. And you're comparable to that yeah, yeah. Sure. and I think that's I don't think that's crazy at all like Firewatch I think is also 20 and I have no problem paying that and I think it's about the same one so what I'm saying is in the coming weeks and months you're probably going to hear impressions for other of, from me of other games like this but if you have any that you know again please do tell me I am very 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 interested yep. now you were going to bring up your game I think yeah and we already mentioned at the top but um, we did get a well I did get a free copy of this um, from Sony yep. but yeah, Dream Day is like Media Molecules, Little Big Planet people. Like, I already like fan of those like first few games, but this one, I mean, to your point, they barely marketed it, so I almost didn't even yeah. know when it was coming out. I, I didn't know only, it was the only, out the only time until I ever you heard told any, me you played it. The only time I ever heard <laughs> anything about it was from like the E3s or your conventions where they would put out this trailer. And we're like, all right, cool, this looks really weird, but when is it coming out? Mm. What even is it? Like, what does the interface look like? And Man, this game is... It just... I mean, it's just potential, the game. And it's just nuts what people have created with this. So essentially, it's a little big planet on steroids. Media Molecule seems to have like been dead set on just creating a... Like a, a toolkit for people to make games on. Think like your Mario Makers and stuff like that. Except, you could literally make anything. Like, it's crazy. When, and when I say anything, like... Your imagination is literally your only limit. Like, people have created first-person shooters, they've created platformers, they've created, like, you know, like, Telltale-style games. They've recreated just about every game you could think yeah, of. Yeah, didn't someone... They've remade Mario 64, they've remade yeah. Dark Kong Country, That's they've remade Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Someone did Spy Hunter, Sometimes, like, enough. the games look so good and so, like, one-to-one to, like, what they made that you're like, wait, is that the game? And then you're like, oh, okay. Because, you know, they have the, the watermark in the corner, Made in Dreams, which, for that reason, they kind of have to because... You know, people have made really cool-looking, like, Sonic games that look, like, sometimes equivalent to what, like, Sega has made. And it's like, whoa, it's just, like, a little tech demo. People yeah. have made full-on, like, 
Crash Bandicoot games where you have like level select where you can actually select the world. It'll take you into the world. It's nuts. How do they do People that with made... a PS4 controller? Like how? That, that's what kind of blows my mind that it's different with the is... PS4 controller. They've made like a Mario 64 world where you could run around the castle, go inside, jump into a painting, go to the level select, pick the level, and then start like the freaking like Thwomp's Tower. It's like what? How? How do you do that? And with the models an analog look really stick. good too. Like Mario looks like Mario. Like. I don't know. It's well, Andrew, you played the game. Tell me, well, how do you well, do this well, with an analog? Well, well, that's the thing. That's why, like, I want to talk about it more later. Unless Kevin knows, but I've only really just been playing oh, other people's games. I see. Just kind of seeing like what's been out there. Like, you know, you see a lot of really good. Like, whoa! Like, this has put a lot of thought and soul to it. And sometimes you also play some stuff that you know, like, they're trying to be funny or it's just so bad. But because of that, it's hilarious. Like, we played. Right. Someone made um Kong Skull Island the game. And I, you you could I guess like record dialogue off of anything and just put it there because you could hear like that song that plays in the beginning of Kong Island. I don't know what it is, but it starts with the electric guitar. It's like yeah. Yeah. red, white, and blue something. Um, that's one of the lyrics at some point. But they pretty much play that song. You have like all the helicopters and they're just playing for a while. It's like they're trying to remake the intro and it's just so comically bad. But eventually they get to Skull Island and suddenly you're King Kong. But he just looks like an angry, I don't know, like an angry, like, human-sized person, even though he's clearly supposed to be bigger because the camera's panned back. But mm-hmm. also, like, and then the way he runs, it's like all his weight are on the bottom of his feet. So as soon as he starts to move, he leans really hard in whatever direction you start moving. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, leaning with his head. So basically, he looks really drunk. So he's Naruto running without the arms? Um. Yeah, without the arms. So he just <laughs> looks really, really drunk, and it just looks, like, hilarious. Huh. And then... I don't know. So you have, like, games like that that are just, you know, like, the physics are like, what? What's going on? You have a bunch of, like, here's Godzilla destroying buildings. Here's... But sometimes, like, that's all that is. It's like a little tiny sandbox. I don't know. And then we also played... um Someone, like, made a Silent Hill game with, like, Norman Reedus. They even had a... Oh, yeah. They recreated PT. I was about to say they redid yeah. PT. Um, not... Well, yeah. I don't think on that, but, like, this one is, like, they tried to make their own game where all the huh. people, they talk with their teeth like they have lips but like the lips don't move did you see like their teeth flap <laughs> and the talk? it's kind of weird but um very weird yeah I mean honestly like the game is only 39 bucks which I'm kind of surprised given like what you can do with it right but you know it's on the cheaper end so if you happen to have a PS4 and you just want to see what people can come up with like if I were to get Mario Maker like I mean in a, and on the first Mario Maker that I did have I pretty much just ended up playing other people's stuff I don't think I would create something, especially with something this in depth. I think I would just get too intimidated. So yeah. I'd rather just hope and see, like, oh, maybe someone created a Ninja Turtle level. I'm sure. Did someone create a Ninja Turtle dream? I wouldn't thing be surprised yet? if someone. What are they called? The creations, dreamscapes. I don't know, but it is. I think when you when you play like uh, multiple levels at a time, I think they call it dream surfing or something, right? Dream That's surfing. That's a pretty good name. Something like that. Well, but how, the way that you're like earlier yeah, like, when you were like, do you know like, how, how you do you know what the interface even looks like? Uh, no, I don't. But what I was just gonna, I was yeah, just gonna bring up the control stick. Well, you can also use move controllers, and and that's specifically that how like a lot, a lot, of, uh, how, like, a lot of people do like sculpting with with the move and controllers. And I assume you could do it with PlayStation VR and be like, do you like basically three D sculpt in front of you? Well, I mean, you don't need the VR for, uh, but but I guess yeah, that that works so as like, well. Walk around it, or yeah. Whatever. Huh. Uh, I have heard that that some people would would like a mouse and keyboard for that. I don't know if that if this game supports it, but 
to what you were saying is like how how like Little Big Planet. I don't know if you ever saw the creation suite for Little Big Planet. I no, I have the oh, same man. question about especially, Little Big Planet. I never little, understood especially how little, any of these games. It was were. supposed to be like you know you create your two D platform within the. First I know, one. and people made like racing games and all sorts and of stuff. People created like a almost working like Windows XP like like the start screen and you can actually go to paint and like actually paint right stuff. right and, and again like, I've had the same question since Little Big Planet moved beyond just a simple level creator which, it's just like manipulation of the tools that they have but it's them. just so crazy because like that dexterity you need with a and then, dual shock control you know stick it's, like, it's insane I mean I guess like it's not surprising that people will come up with these crazy I mean like look at Minecraft like with just like redstone and pistons people literally created a full working computer in it they, they actually created like a working like pokemon red and blue they've created like a phone that they actually were able to order pizza with like it's crazy and that's literally just like pissing they created like in mario maker people yeah. created a working calculator because they knew where to hit the red shelf so they could hit the ice blocks to move up and down like there's no it's there's it's... no programming in mario maker but people created because at the end of the day, computers are just a bunch of like zeros and ones. Well, yeah, zeros and ones meaning like an open state of yes and a closed state of yeah. no. So yeah. if you figure out how to convert that, then yeah, it should, I guess I guess Except this is actually giving you more direct tools. So and create I mean, you could have cutscenes. You could have, like literal actual animated cutscenes. People have created like mini movies in these. Wow! Because you don't even have to make the games. You could have like wow. You know, and and it, I guess there's something you said that creativity always seems to thrive under like restraints of sorts or not restraints but you know like people the, 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 the more it becomes a challenge and people try and find ways around it like like you know one of the big complaints when Twitter jumped from 140 to 80 is like oh it's gonna like people could just you know they're not gonna hone in their message they're Here's not gonna a, do something whatever. someone created in jeans in jeans in dreams it's a Yoshi in Green Hill Zone Ooh, wow it's a it's red... a it's a it's like basically Super Monkey Ball but it's Yoshi in Green Hill Zone but think Super Monkey Ball. It's a very rotund Yoshi. A very rotund Yoshi. That's a picture of some food. Don't tell me that was made in dreams. This is made in dreams. Are you kidding? Let's Wait, see that. I love... What the heck? I, I love when we do the parts of the podcast where we look at things that we can't describe. <laughs> it's, so it's a photo, a photorealistic photo of some eggs and other... Uh, eggs like and sausage. beans There's and a mushroom sausage. somewhere in there. That was made and, in dreams. Um, Someone made this in dreams with a dual shock controller or, or move control, but but, move, re- but regardless, then, regardless, like, yeah, it's it's, it's incredibly like, impressive what people wow. can do, and it has a fully rendered table, and like there's a Super Mario sixty four, and that's Mario sixty four in dreams. So it's like Mar- So if you guys know Mario sixty four, imagine that, and it's exactly the same. This is insane. Yeah, they picked the level, and it's like again, I don't doubt people's creativity. I just don't understand how you have the dexterity to do this or with the a dual shock, or the patience. Like, my, oh my god! Because you're done with it, you're like, what did you accomplish? I just remade a, a game fourth that, version of yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the fourth yeah. port of Mario. You might as well just create something. I mean, if you have the talent to create that or the patience, you might as well create something new and original. But but also people are but you know you know like it, if it, they want to make a tribute to a thing because for them it's, it's and I get a kick out of watching these remakes. Though, and I was gonna say like not only that but like it's kind of like. Um, you know, you could be a hacker, or you could be the guy that goes and finds exploits and report, reports them in like an open bug bounty. Like two people do, to do that. cut from you know a security researcher. So it's like you know it's 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 that sort of mindset. You could create something new, or you could just really want to like do something with something that's already there. So 
So before we go way down this rabbit hole dreams because no one else can see it. <laughs> yeah, look at this like Sonic level. They even have like the tricks that you could do in the air. Oh yeah. Although it looks like he's just gliding through the or, air now. Yeah, oh there it goes. Oh, oh my god. It looks... That looks like straight up like Sonic Adventure. Yeah, they even have like the booth mechanic. This is insane. And they even have homing attacks and you know, what, you know what we should we should no one can see these, so look I'm gonna that. give a recommendation. It looks like like you're playing Sonic like Adventure 2 Battle. It straight up does. This is insanity. You have the light dash somehow. It has some questionable texture work on some of the level parts. Hey, but, well, I mean, considering But I couldn't do that. Oh, my God. I just noticed how big, how vast the background is. <laughs> I know. It's... So, listen, I did, before... I didn't even comprehend that right now until <laughs> you said so the much. background. I was like, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> it, looked like a, it, it looked like it was a made-by-Sega game. <laughs> so, two things. One, remember at the top of the show when we were talking about Sonic... Or not the top, but when we were talking about Sonic, we were saying, how did they not release the game? Sega, your game exists. It's in dreams. Just put on a disc. Ship it out. You're fine. That's that's number one. Number two, before we go way down this rabbit hole, we should just wrap this and tell people, go to YouTube, search Dreams. I'm sure you could type anything. Dreams. Search Dreams Breakfast. You, yeah, you got to see that breakfast. Yeah, you got to see that on Google. It, it's in, like, Google that. It's insane how, but, but, like, photorealistic this you know, is. You know that meme of, like, go on Google and search your name, the hedgehog, and something will come up? I think if you do that for Dreams, just anything, Dreams, you'll get it. And it's worth your time. So on that note, unless there's anything else, I guess we're gonna wrap so everyone can go explore dreams. I'm, All the dream, so they call dream. What are you doing with your hands? I'm trying to switch orientation. Oh, okay. But um, you could wrap, Jason. No, I meant yeah, I am. W R A P. We're gonna wrap it up. So that does it for this episode. Our next episode is gonna be on March 15th. It's gonna be the calm before the Animal Crossing storm. I'm not sure what exactly that entails. We'll see what the news cycle gives us. We have yet to get a dedicated, full, multi-game Nintendo Direct opposed to these spin-off Directs. So maybe we'll get one of those. Who knows? Um, but or maybe to, not. <laughs> or maybe not. But maybe I'll, maybe I'll have another uh, walking simulator to talk about if someone gives me a recommendation. Or I'll check out Firewatch. Who knows? The only way to find out is to, uh, if you care to find out, is to subscribe to us on all the podcasting apps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, YouTube. Our channel is RamTel.com. We're also oh, on Pandora. Ninja Turtle and Dreams. There's Ninja Turtle and Dreams. See, this could be you guys at home. You could be Googling this instead of listening to us now. But don't yet, because I also need to remind you to follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. All- and and um, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I am JSR7. Oh, wow. That was literally it. <laughs> oh, that's the end of it? <laughs> yeah. Don't look up that one. Don't look up that one. <laughs> like after a few seconds, they're like, did you enjoy that? Select it with yes or no. That was it? That's lame. Anyway, so you can follow me on Twitter at Chaser7. It's hey, more effort than I would have put already. Though. Fair enough. You can follow Angel on Twitter at uh, Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O, where who knows, maybe he'll tweet out some of these dream videos for you to see. Hint, hint, Angel, you should do that. Or you can follow uh, Kevin on Twitter at KVN Gomez. Kevin gets the final word as, as always. Luckily, he showed up just in time for it. But before that, I would like to remind everyone to wash your hands because there's diseases afoot. And with that said, you can have the actual final word. Uh, Wash your hands, people.